Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Whedonverse Podcast. A retrospective, spoiler-free podcast where we discuss the movies, series, comics, and games created or inspired by Joss Whedon. With your hosts, Mr. Universe. Number Do the dance of joy. And the clairvoyant. Well, you're right about this being a bad idea. Also brought to you by the Tangent Bound Network. This episode, we'll discuss Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 21, Becoming, Part 1, with super special secret guest Jackie Dominique from Twitter, and Episode 22, Becoming, Part 2, with special guest host Annalise from Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. The Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 21, Becoming Part 1, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Original air date, May 12th, 1998. Alright, welcome back to another week of Whedonverse Podcast. I'm here, your host, Mr. Universe. We're here with the Clairvoyant. Hello. Hello, and we had a little bit of a break, guys, uh, because I moved... To a new galaxy, and the clairvoyant had some space cockroaches he had to deal with. They were space scorpions. So, but we're back, and we're back with an uber special guest because it's a secret special guest. It was not announced. So we're here with special guest, Twitter user, longtime listener from the very beginning, first time caller, first time caller, Jackie Dominique. How are you, Jackie? I'm good. <laughs> great, great. So, a little bit of backstory on why this is so mythological, because. Jackie has been mentioned on our show probably more than anybody uh, as a resident fact finder, as just all around great fan. Now, when we first started, this is a true story. She messaged me and said, I don't know how to listen to podcasts. Can you show me how to listen to a podcast? <laughs> and I did. And now she's an Uber fan of like, not just this podcast, but other podcasts. That's a success story that you'd find on like a poster on the wall. So, really glad to have you on here. I'm very awkward. I'm sorry. I'm like this in real life, too. It's okay. It's endearing. <laughs> okay. So, so, Becoming Part 1. This episode was written and directed by the Joss, so good vibes. Was it? That doesn't surprise me, actually. Good vibes from the beginning. And in French, this episode is called A Catholic Part 1. In German, the German title, Turning Point. In Brazilian Portuguese, it's called Metamorphosis first part, because they're always backwards over there. A Catholic part one, that's kind of to the point. A lot of people aren't going to know what that means, though. <laughs> so, we start this episode with a previously on, which is big. It means things are going to happen. It means it's a big episode. <laughs> and we start, start, in Ireland, in the late 
1700s or so monologue of some charismatic sounding dude saying how the choices we make define the path we take that was that rhymes so thank you thank you he's from brooklyn that's why i took out of this and we see angel sort of <laughs> stumble around out of a pub and talking all drunkenly about stealing his father's silver now can we discuss this for a second please <laughs> because Jackie, yeah, take it away. Why don't you tell us what he looks like? <laughs> um, he looks awful. <laughs> is how I would describe it. Oh, just... stupid hair, <laughs> stupid accent. The accent is just garbage. <laughs> He's got like a, a gold yellow vest for a baggy ass white shirt because he looks like he's from a high school production of Les Mis. <laughs> Like, who did the costume design here? Jesus. But he sees an enchanting Victorian-era darling. 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 It's Darla. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Darla looks pretty okay for the Victorian era. Yeah, how's that for a character you never knew you cared enough to see again? (laughs) I don't want to do the accent. But he says, what's a lady of your station doing alone? I'm reading it in the most bland voice, so I don't have to think about it. What's a lady of your station doing alone in an alley with a reputation like this one has? That's all you're getting from me. (laughs) And he's flirting up a storm. And why does he have this absolute garbage Irish accent? (laughs) And she talks like an American. (laughs) Like a modern American. She (laughs) When you become a vampire, do you lose your accent? Which will we we will address later in this episode? Because yes, apparently so. My notes actually say here, Jackie. Why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, <laughs> I don't know things. I do know that it was just I hate it so much. <laughs> I, I was impressed by the set pieces, just not the yeah. accent tree. <laughs> because like, this show was so low budget. It's like, where the hell did they find this? Uh, so he says the uber flirty line, which would not work on me. It works on me. <laughs> it ex- worked watching the episode. <laughs> With an exception of a fine day's work, there's no challenge I can't face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she offers to, uh, to basically Aladdin him. She can show him the world, things he's never seen. And he's like, okay, do it. And she's like, close your eyes. And then a Victorian vampire, that's kind of cool. She totally got like a mouthful of shirt and collar there, though. <laughs> <laughs> and she trains a plot twist. Well, I never saw that coming. So is Angel like a vampire now? I Apparently so. <laughs> uh, I and, But anyway, she draws a line of blood on her chest. <laughs> He motorboats her. It's not not sexy. (laughs) That's a human death count of one. That homie got sired. Can we discuss why he got sired? Like, it's never explained why she could have killed him. She should have killed him. And she's like, I see this drunk guy stumbling in an alley. Let's make him one of us. He has potential. Because he's got cool hair for the time. He clearly had potential because it worked. Well, he became like the biggest bad big man. <laughs> so she knew what she was doing. Yeah. 
It was her young, crazy years. She's only like 200. It's like, I want this accent around me for forever. Like, <laughs> she thought he's cute. And she's like, I could deal with him forever. So we cut to modern times as Angelus, a breath of fresh air, seeing him young and... With short hair. Just, uh, <laughs> please. Not gross. Yeah, what's your opinion on, on not gross, Angelus? I don't know. I really don't have an opinion ready in my brain. <laughs> Do you prefer Angelus or Angel or vice versa? I guess I prefer Angelus because she likes a bad boy. Because Angel's just dumb and broody. I don't know. Angelus is fun. I agree. Yeah. He's watching Buffy fight a couple vamps in the graveyard, and she's wearing her signature tracksuit. Um, no, lots of you don't know we're actually doing a video chat this time. It's a new way of recording. Jackie's actually wearing the exact same tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it just for this. And to be fair, we both are as well. But, <laughs> but ours is an authentic screen worn like Jackie's is. <laughs> Cheap Chinese knockoff. <laughs> so she does one vampire, gives the other a message. I'm done waiting. Tell Angel I'm bringing the fight to him, blah, blah, blah. And does the other one. And she's like, I'll tell him myself. And it's like, you didn't even give him a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Vamp Death Count 2. Yeah. And then Xander pops up from behind the headstone. Yeah, Buffy peels Xander off the headstone. He's been patrolling with her, and that's five vamps in three nights, which is pretty raw. Not really, considering that was two. So that means in the right? last three nights, there was three. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, that's two one night and one another night. Or maybe three one night and, you know, one... Is vamp activity, like, do we just... Are the vampires we see being slayed on screen, are those the only vampires in like, that are ever slain in Sunnydale? It's possible. Because it's... Yeah, like, I wasn't very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> you'd think that she's dusting, like, four or five a night, but they talk about how two a night is busy. <laughs> And then they suddenly remember his finals, and Xander says, why didn't you let me die? <laughs> so Buffy says, it'll all be over soon, and Angel says, yes, my love, soon. He stares directly in the camera and but calls me his love. He tries to walk away all ominously, but he brushes a leaf, and it, like, <laughs> wiggles, and, and it makes him significantly less scary. <laughs> and then we got the theme song. Jackie, why don't you sing it for us? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Better than you do it. Better than you do. You don't do it at all. I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm so happy. She knows all the words to the theme song. <laughs> so after the theme song, someone's sandblasting a fossil or something. I don't know. It's Giles creeps on him. He looks like he's like. He looks kind of like Toby Jones, except like not yeah. hideous. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also like, I don't know. I don't live in the United States. Jack, you do, so maybe you can help me with this. Is this a standard California accent? I don't live in California, so I, I don't, don't know. I'm pretty sure, like, hey, what you doing over there? Isn't, like, your typical California accent. It's pretty funny, because as soon as you guys mentioned him, I thought of Toby Jones, and then you <laughs> called him that. On the same wavelength. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> A pretty Artem Zola. Giles creeps on in. Apparently, he's some hot sh in the fossil world or something. 
it's a completely random plot point, never mentioned before. <laughs> but he says that, oh, it's got some weird archaic writing. It predates all settlements I know about. And it's like, it, does, it looks not that archaic. It looks like Sanskrit or something. <laughs> but he scrapes some rocks into a little container, which seems legit, but probably means nothing to actual archaeologists. Especially since they sent it in to be carbon dated. What's that going to do? What are you going to test it with? He's like, I see you haven't tried to open it. And they thought it was solid. And that he tells a them, monolith. Do not open it until I translate this, because I don't want to be surprised about what's in there. <laughs> Why are they suddenly expert, man? Like, is this a side career well, mood lighting as a random expert on random things? I think it's because enough, if, like, chances are you dig up something with weird writing on it and suddenly they, like, it's some mystical bullshit. And he's the expert on mystical bullshit. <laughs> Later, Xander's performing a slain reenactment with his french fries and toothpicks. Is that what they were? I could have sworn they were like matzo sticks. They were fish sticks because oh, they talked God. about it. I prefer to think they were mozzarella sticks. <laughs> they, sp- they specifically call them fish sticks because I was like, what the f*** are these? And then they said it. So Cordy seems way too amused, but I feel that's just charisma, not keeping a straight face. I mean, not Xander's charisma. Yeah, yeah, no, meant, no. you're talking about the charisma of Xander. No, but the group is pretending to be riveted. And Willow Oz asks, isn't. You can't tell if he's riveted or not, because he's just stoic and quiet. Willow asks if Buffy's ready to find Angel, and she said, that's just the one test I might actually pass. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh. Because it's finals week. Willow says she'll get it through the semester if she has to sweat blood, which... Spoilers. Oz, being a charmer, says, I think he'd sweat cute blood. Like, what? First of all, that is not an adorable compliment. I think you'd sweat cute blood. Second of all, that is such a compliment I would give. (laughs) I was thinking, like, first of all, that compliment would not work. Second of all, that compliment, Oz totally made it work. (laughs) So... Like, that's such a Mr. Universe-esque... Like, clairvoyant, say something, anything. No. I love the way you say no. (laughs) Jackie, that just makes me uncomfortable. Say anything. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) I like that she likes the movie Say Anything. See, it's just a weak-ass compliment. (laughs) (laughs) So, we only love the compliment because it's coming from me. I mean, Oz. (laughs) Ha-ha. Bad. But... But Cordelia Complesolts Willow for teaching. It was like 65% it's like a, Yeah, 60-40 thing almost. And Xander says, I will teach the language of love. And then yeah. they kind of have a cute moment. Because he's got fish hands. She's uh, hands. And I admit, they're cute. Ever since she ditched Harmony to be with Xander. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, Snyder comes and ruins the fun. That's what he does. He's a, he's a weasel. He's a, a Nazi? Or... I think they've called Snyder a Nazi multiple times mm-hmm. in this show. And he says, like, are we having a chair shortage? And Willow's like, I ain't read anything. Oh. And she, uh, cl- she climbs down her Oz ladder because he's so tall. Yeah, Seth Green, known for his height. <laughs> and this is an orgy. It's a classroom. It's a great comeback where they teach lunch. Yeah, give me a reason to expel you, Summers. 
<laughs> what a kind of cute exposition scene that doesn't use the library for once. <laughs> yeah, well, but that means no Giles. Now, speaking of libraries, Jackie, we haven't even seen a library this episode yet, and that's your second home. It is. So if you guys didn't know, because you don't follow her on Twitter yet, which you're going to now, Jackie Dominique, she works at a library. I do. Practically owns it. Basically, Giles, female Giles. Research gal. Exactly. See, we're like, what are those Kool Aid jammer things? And she's like, I'm gonna look them up in my tomes. What? <laughs> she still uses those cards. I can't see that every <laughs> in any book. <laughs> okay. It's in the YA section. You don't. You just don't know where to look. But that would probably be in the juvenile section. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think young adults <laughs> drink those. But they did when they were juvenile. You're right. That was a mess. So Will asks Buffy to study, but she's in patrol mode tonight. And we cut to mid-1800s England. We see a young, sane Drusilla. It's just such a, like, they don't warn you of these flashbacks, which I kind of like. It's like, I don't know if, like, it was my Netflix or if it was just how the episode set up, because it's been a while. But there's no... Like, you know, 1800s, England. Like, it's just another scene that happens to be in the past. Oh, yeah. On the DVD, it said 1860. Oh, okay. My Netflix didn't even, like, didn't warn me that I was watching a flashback. She goes into the confessional just as Angelus is draining the priest, which is a human death count of two. And religious Drew is just telling Angelus her sins of visions that she keeps seeing. She had an accent. And she still has that accent, despite being sired. What's going on? Angel lost his accent, apparently. He probably did his consciously. <laughs> he's like, we wow. We just adjust to where I am. <laughs> but he's in England now. <laughs> I think he's like, wow, I'm Irish, but my Irish accent sounds like garbage. <laughs> I'm going to fake an American because at least I sound like that. So she keeps saying things. Two men died in a cave in. Are we going to count that as a human death count for? That's so. I don't know. Jackie, you get to decide. Penny's no, I wouldn't count it. <laughs> okay. Then we won't count it. But poor Drusilla feels cursed and evil because of her visions. And then Jealous starts to f with her, calling her devil, devil child and spawn of Satan. Yeah. I was like, I, I like that you know, they're showing and not telling. Like this is so far, this it's been nothing new as far as these flashbacks are concerned. But like you know, the whole idea to show instead of tell is cool. Is we've we've heard these stories, but seeing them play out is cool. Yeah, and he tells her, "I'll just be evil. All the Hail Marys in the world can't save you." <laughs> <laughs> what if a priest told you that? And okay, <laughs> I don't know what I meant. Here in my notes, but I wrote, this is basically Jackie. Priscilla, or I don't know. The priest? Somebody. But she, <laughs> she begs for help, and he's like, oh, God's watching, and boom. Strokes the cage between them. We cut to modern day, where Drusilla's uh, crazy. Yeah, she's... she's a, I met an old man. I didn't like him. Got yep. stuck in my teeth. Which, that's, we are counting that one. That's a human death count three. It's a pretty iconic line of Drusilla's. And, God, she's so crazy. And it's so weird seeing her normal, like, in the past for a bit. Spike's looking hella healed. Yeah. Looking good. Looking, yeah. 
And they discuss the mysterious obelisk they found and how there's power inside and... And how she's seen in the future when it was in the paper and... <laughs> okay, and in class, later, Willow and her awful shirt are trying to make sense of the senseless studying with Buffy. I don't remember her shirt. It's bad. Buffy is being very self-depreciative and Willow's like, shh, girl, you're good and a great. Behave. She accidentally drops her pencil right where the floppy disk is. Oh, this pissed me off. Buffy grabs it, but she doesn't grab the disc. She suddenly <laughs> like... It was right there. Holy shit. Now, this next part, I don't know why. She, she said deja vu, but I feel like she was just doing it to be silly. She does it again. She rolls her pencil. Yeah, I have no... They, <laughs> I this think time, they wanted... They wrote in the script, like, Buffy drops her pencil and finds floppy disc, but then they wanted, also wanted to f*** with us at the same time. So they literally, there's no other reason for this scene to exist. But, yeah, they just want to hurt our hearts. She does again. She finds the floppy. Thank Jesus. Thank God Jesus. One word. I noticed that the shot is, like, her picking up the floppy disk and leaving her pencil, but then she has the floppy disk and the pencil in her hand. Maybe she scooped it. So Willow pops it in the comp. They think it's a bit morbid going through the files. The... They downloaded Moloch again. <laughs> it's... He was on a floppy disk all alone. They start pulling up the uh, the the, the restoration files, and Buffy says, "Does that say restoration?" But if you pause it, Buffy's seeing shit because it doesn't say restoration anywhere on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Willow is scrolling. <laughs> but yes, finally, thank God, my heart. Yeah. I'm a banjo shipper, Jackie. Who do you ship? Um, I usually ship who I'm supposed to. Um, while I'm supposed to ship them, I don't like I don't ship them throughout the entire series, but I like them. So <laughs> good, 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 great. So who do you ship yourself with in in Buffy? <laughs> so she's supposed I'll to go ship first. Herself. I ship myself with Giles. Quickly. <laughs> Oz, Jack. Um, Harmony. Okay. Why? Oh, okay. What? I'm not sure why we're all same-sex shippings, but <laughs> we cut to a man panting in a Romanian forest, uh, as as one does in the late 1800s or so. As is customary. <laughs> They're doing a ritual of some sort. Angela stumbles into the camp, and boom, restored soul. Because Romanian girl death count four. Yeah, they had this, like, Drusilla-looking chick and all these flower petals on her. That's how you know she's dead. <laughs> you don't just put flower petals on a living, sleeping person. <laughs> Why not? I was going to say they did to Jenny, and then, oh, wait. <laughs> hey, that's probably a throwback. <laughs> the whole flowers thing with Jenny's death. I doubt that. I don't she's from the same not tribe. Not maybe. But... <laughs> The Romanian guy is dropping exposition soul bombs. His accent is a lot less cheesy than Uncle Enos, but still not correct. Yeah. And Sad Puppy Angel is feeling for the first time. <laughs> we cut back to Jackie's home library. They give the paper to Giles, and they piece together the plan that they can curse Angel again. They can make him curse him for being good. Is it really a curse if it's good, though? Really? Yes. Not really good. It's not supposed to be. 
This has a very positive side effect. <laughs> but Willow admits to researching the black art for educational fun, and she thinks that she can do it. Ooh. But Giles advises, no, no. She's done spells. She did a mm -hmm. spell, kind of. Giles says it's a door you might never be able to close, and Xander takes the presumably clairvoyant route. No. And thinks everybody's crazy. No. Maybe of clairvoyant, I realized just today that Drusilla's power is clairvoyance. How handy. <laughs> How dandy. But, but <laughs> um, no, I don't agree with Xander in this scene. Well, I, I can see where he's coming from, but he's definitely not seeing the whole picture here. He's not wrong. <laughs> I think everyone's right. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you not piss anybody off. I don't agree with everybody in the room. Well, the, everyone is right. Dan is just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Xander thinks they're crazy. He doesn't want to restore Angel. He's a killer. They, he wants him dead. And I, yeah, I see where he's coming from, too. But he's missing the whole picture. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like, Angel didn't do this. Angel without a soul did this. We and give Angel a soul. He won't do this. <laughs> so Cordelia agrees and says, For once I wish you'd support me, and I just realized that you did, so I'm going to awkwardly <laughs> Actually, I think I would lean towards Xander, to be honest. Not, <laughs> not the idea that Angel is a killer, because Angel is not. You know, but the whole what's to prevent this from ever happening again, you know, I wouldn't say yeah. the best thing is to kill him while he's mad. <laughs> but, you know... There should be some preventative measures in place at the very least. Yeah. So, and Giles says curing Angel might have been Jenny's last wish, and yeah, well, Jenny's dead, and then they, they scrap. Ooh, they, they, they scrap. Which is true. <laughs> well, yeah, say this. <laughs> he is correct. <laughs> God, what a well acted scene, though. And Buffy gives Xander the most hurt and pained look ever, breaks my little baby heart. And he's like, he says something along the lines of, you want to forget all about Miss Calendar's murder so you can get your boyfriend back. And that like, oh, is some, some rationalization. Some dickery. And <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wow, you spun this like some cotton candy. Like, that is... <laughs> but haven't we all been in that situation where we, you know... We want to forget a death so we, we have can to get our boyfriend yeah, back? We have to pardon the murder to get our collective... Boy or girlfriend's back. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're the odd one out here. I guess I'm glad so. to have a guest that agrees with me for once. <laughs> but if I said it, she'd say yeah too. She just says yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I'm very agreeable. <laughs> she agrees with me. No, but I only like hey! people who are mass murderers. So. Um, it's my role while watching TV. <laughs> so meanwhile in the flute cave, the thing the what? The flute cave. <laughs> the thing is whispering to Toby Jones, and boom, Drusilla drains him out of the blue. It's a human death count five, they're dropping like flies. And Xander, and later on the phone, Buffy's like, well, Xander is being a... Willow, you kissed your mother with that mouth? Where did you learn that? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what she said. I bet she said Bitka. <laughs> Yeah. Buffy doesn't know what to do, but she finds the ring. Aw, cute. And starts playing the Close Your Eyes song. Cute. 
in the background, there's a Los Angeles sign, and the Los is covered up, and it kind of looks like Angelus. It is and not on <laughs> That I can spin this into being clever or interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's why he moved to LA in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> Outside, Buffy's patrolling. It's not small and witty. It's worse than... <laughs> Boom. Kendra. F***ing Kendra. <laughs> Slaying vampires. Buffy, <laughs> Kendra impersonation is worse than mine. Yeah, I know, right? I, she and she accents like, of like like hooks. She missed all of them. <laughs> like she just put on a voice. <laughs> a dark power is about to rise in Sunnydale, which is true. Elsewhere. Now that we've it's been also speaking of characters that I don't my, didn't know I cared enough to see again. It's kind of cool seeing Kendra again. It's kind of cool uh, seeing Darla again. No. I don't like the accent, but I like the character ish. Jackie, um, I don't dislike her. I've no. kind of like that actress, but probably because she's in literally everything. Wait, Bianca Lawson is fantastic. We're not disputing that, but fantastic in accents, but. Man, I don't know if we can ever get along ever again if you like the character Kendra. Kendra's not that bad. I'm just not a hater. <laughs> I, just, I just like people. <laughs> you got girl Giles with Buffy powers. <sighs> but you like Buffy, you like Giles. You can't She's both <sighs> combined. Anyway, elsewhere Spike's unimpressed. It's a big rock. Can't wait to tell my friends they don't have a rock this big. <laughs> Which is true. Which is true. He's not wrong. And Angel tells the story of a castle of the demon who wanted to swallow the world, but a knight killed him or something. It turned into a gargoyle. Yeah. I'm not very terribly well sculpted no. when considering he used to be not stone. Exactly. That's unfortunate. <laughs> so if I were to... You'd look exactly like if that. If I were to be killed by... King Arthur and he stuck Excalibur in me. That's exactly I, what my notes say. And I was going to turn into the stone the sword was in. Would, <laughs> I, would I be a poorly carved version of myself? <laughs> or would I be like detailed? Like like some Todd in the Book of Pure Evil shit? Like, or would I just be like rough outlines? Like the whatever... Either way, I'm not going to go pay a museum to see the statue. No. Who like who sculpts these statues when you turn into them? Because <laughs> like some sculptors are better than other sculptors, and so like if you turn into these, like is there an artistic flair added? I'm done talking about. You this. turn into art. You literally <laughs> turn into art. <laughs> So, it's like if you turned into a painting. Who oh did that painting? So Picasso? Oh my god. He's got so... a different style than <laughs> Monet. <laughs> so Angel tells a story. Basically, King Arthur has to pull out the sword, wackiness ensues, and he has another awful angel line, my friends, we're about to make history. And which is a bad end game also Gross. because <laughs> What is your goal here? You're gonna die too. Man. Why is he have lines like "my love" and "my friends"? <laughs> like you were. This is modern day. Terrible. 
<laughs> in the library, Giles drops him a Catholic position. Uh, Good. No. <laughs> and a Catholic will pull all mankind into a demon hell dimension. And that's a little sucky, I guess. It's all right. It's not ideal. Kendra wants Angel to die. She's all on She's Team, team Xander Cordy. Yeah. Team Zor. She doesn't want to do the curse. Her accent seems a little watered down here, thank God. <laughs> um, but Kendra to the rescue because she has a sword that might stop a Catholic. <laughs> just has one. She just had one kicking her around. It's flimsy as sh. That's not going to stop anything. So it might stop him. She tinks. She tinks. <laughs> Shouldn't she know? She's like Slayer Watcher Girl. Willow said that she needs an Orb of Thessala to restore Angel. And Giles happens to have one as a pick-away. <laughs> this has one. Which is a great throwback because of when you first see the Orb of Thessala in Passion, the guy says, lots of people are buying these this newfangled paperweights. Also, they're rare, and Jenny has trouble locating one. And then Giles <laughs> just had one as a paperweight. <laughs> now, to our listeners... You can't see what I'm seeing right now, but Jackie actually has six of them scattered <laughs> around her room. Like Dragon Balls. Yeah. It's actually how she powers <laughs> the electricity in her house. Souls. <laughs> is, is that not what you guys do in Canada? No, no. No, we use uh, electricity. <laughs> so Buffy, the ever hero, is heading out. She's going to find Angel. But Kendra's her backup back here, and Will, while Willow works Kendra's on not even her backup. Well, back here. Oh, because, like, Buffy, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to fight Angel, and I'm going to kill him. But if I don't, and then I'm like, Kendra will. And she's like, Willow's my backup. This is the girl who's never, you did, like, one shitty spell once ever. She's going <laughs> to life-threatening thing. She's the backup. You stay here, Slayer. That came here. From Jamaica for this purpose. No, she, we don't know where she, her base is. You can't just assume she's based in Jamaica. That's I don't know. It seems reasonable. She could be based in France. We it seems know. reasonable. <laughs> and elsewhere, the villains are doing villainy things. Lots of even scream time given to both Badis and Gibbs and Kendra, who's kind of she's good in between. She's with the good guys. <laughs> uh, Angel vamps out and bites a dude Cause more human deaths, why not? That's six We don't know he died Who was he? We didn't even see his face Was he the set designer? It's like, I really want to take my shirt off Imagine being the guy who thought this was his big break <laughs> <laughs> You see the back of his head and then it falls Sucks, man But he's got Angel's got the blood in his hand and he goes to awaken the Catholic and flashback to the early 90s. Because, I don't know, we're jumping around everywhere. Angel is homeless on the streets, as we all have been. In the early 90s. In the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> but Slumdog Angel is a breath of fresh air compared to Irish Dapper Gentleman Angel. Yeah. What's it, what's it doing for you, Jackie? We've got... What's it doing? Let's for rank you? our angels. <laughs> We've got... Irish Angel. We've got... The worst. Okay. <laughs> Bottom on the list. We've got 1800s Angel. We'd say English Angel, but that's not... It's not accurate. <laughs> we've got Modern Angel. And we've got Almost Modern Homeless Angel. Which one's the best for you? 
Um, I think just chronologically just gets better. <laughs> it gets better over time. Oh. It's like a fine wine. A voice from before shows up that we all recognize. Brooklyn accent, you're disgusting. He's a classy dude in a bowler hat. He's probably <laughs> my favorite recurring character. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers, you never see this guy like again, ever. And you should. It feels right. Because Angel has a lot of flashbacks to his life. So this guy feels necessary, but apparently he's not. He's like, what are you going to do? Bite me? Oh, horror, a vampire. <laughs> he, he, knows, he, doesn't, he doesn't have an accent like that. Kind of does. <laughs> but he's also New Yorkian. And he knows a lot He's like one of those, hey, I'm walking here kind of yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> he knows a lot about Angel, and he goes for a little, they go for a lover's walk to McDonald's or wherever lovers go. McDonald's. That's romantic. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe not in America. I bet they go somewhere fancier. Because- Olive Garden is free breadsticks. <laughs> People talk about Olive Garden all the time. I've never been to it, but everyone's like, I've they talk about it all the time. We don't even have Olive Garden here, and I've been to an Olive Garden. I've never been anywhere. <laughs> I'm pretty loserish. <laughs> she does not leave the library. <laughs> She's crushed right now in the books on CD aisle. Just podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like a, one of those book lights strapped to her forehead. <laughs> Free Wi-Fi. I mean, why not? That's true. But you're being too loud. It's a library. <laughs> We are like we are so talkative at my library. Like I'm pretty sure our patrons want to shush us. Like, <laughs> they like excuse me, this is a library. Yeah. Like my coworkers will be talking about like their gynecology appointments. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something witty about that. Just give me You'll put it in post. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll dub it in later. But <laughs> but he tells Angel, hey man, get blood from Butcher Shop. What's wrong with you? And he's like, I don't understand what you're doing. He's like, nobody understands me. It's my curse. And his name is Whistler, lately. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? It's supposed to be ominous. He's lately is Whistler. He's not a vamp. He's technically a demon. He's Why a- does every show have someone called Whistler on it? Every- like, is this a common nickname? <laughs> is this a common occurrence in your Maybe. Life? What are you talking Examples. Maybe I'm just referencing Prison Break. I don't know. <laughs> so Prison Break and this. And that's every show ever made. <laughs> yeah. That's all the library has in stock right now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a bad guy, he says. He tells Angel... He gets a hot dog with mustard. Yeah, just mustard. And then... I don't like how he eats it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, <laughs> it bothers me. But he tells Angel, you know, you could be more useless or you could become you could become somebody and <laughs> gotta show him something. Like Billy Crystal. Yeah. And it's like gotta show him something. Where? And then jump to rock music, Henry High, we're in LA. He, Angel zooms up slowly, as one does, in a blacked out car, spray painted windows. Still looking homeless. Who is that? His or is it Whistler? I don't know. But he he can afford gas, but not a haircut, apparently. Is it? But maybe it's Whistler's car, and he prepared for this. But he peeps down, rolls down the window, peeps like a creep, and he sees L.A. Buffy. But if you look in his rearview mirror, you can see the reflection of his hand on the steering wheel. He's a vampire. What I thought was interesting about this scene 
is it is like that comic, the the origin. This scene is like word for word, almost shot for shot. That's but with Angel creeping watching. So that was like, whoa, hey, I recognize all of this dialogue. <laughs> we see uh, Christy Swanson walks out. <laughs> uh, Cordelia Fee is what my notes say. Cordelia what? Cordelia Fee. It's, Cordelia. It'll catch on. It's really good. Coffee. Coffee? Uh. Bordy. No. Bordelia. <laughs> no, there's nothing. But, uh, a man stops her. Mary Kerwatcher. He's got a, a roly-poly face with a little mustache. And doesn't look like Donald Sutherland at all. No, but he uh, we cut. He says, like, you're, you got to fight vampires, blah, blah, blah. We cut to watching Buffy fight a vampire in an orange bubble sweater and floral tights. Which because, are also in the origin comic. Because <laughs> 90s. And since we last mentioned it, Jackie's actually changed her outfit to that now. <laughs> yeah. Costume change. <laughs> but one thing that's that like I could I don't think I talked about it on the origin comic because I don't think I could yet. But one thing that bugs me about that comic, if by the way I recorded a review of the origin comic several months back, go listen to it. But uh Merrick in the comic has like giant like mutton stash. While in this episode he has a little mustache. But it's the same scene. Just his facial hair is different. And he has, he, in the comic, he rocks that mutton stash from the time him and Buffy meet to his death, which he, at no point in the series is he ever shown with that facial hairstyle. Like, why did you change something like that when you're so accurate to everything else, aside from vamp color? But Christy Swanson Buffy doesn't really know what he's doing. Fighting this vampire, she misses the heart, which that's gonna suck. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem to be a problem in the past in the series. Stab a guy in the shoulder and he dusts. <laughs> but boom, dusts him. Does a vamp dust count three? Merrick's, you're a creep, but you're not Donald Sutherland creepy. <laughs> so we'll let it pass. And at home in the past, Joyce is mad at Buffy for staying out late, which I've never seen that happen before. Yeah, never, but um, but we get to see a great fun glimpse of Joyce's or Buffy's just deteriorating home life. And it seems I like because it seems very different. Like same dialogue she could say in in a last episode, but more frustrated and on the edge. Like great delivery by Christine because it's just a subtle touch of smart. Like knowing your character, knowing that she's in a different place back then than she is currently, and in portraying a difference. We know Christine Sutherland. We didn't get our Sutherland action earlier when they robbed us of Donald, so here's a Sutherland accent. Act, acting at what... Well, I don't know where I'm going with this. Christine Sutherland and Donald <laughs> Sutherland of the same name was the joke. <laughs> in the background later, as Buffy's doing, I don't know, girl things, whatever girls do, you can hear her parents fighting, which... I said that way too gleefully for what it was. Her parents were having an argument. Oh. Do you think that's actually yeah. the actor Hank? Might as well. Just need to call him and, hey, can you record something over the phone for me? But also it feels like it's a hassle to call him and say, hey, could you record something when you can grab like a key grip? <laughs> but it's, it's reminiscent of Angel watching this thing. It's reminiscent of Passion when he watched but entirely different intentions and feel to it. And context. 
and everything. He's just it's just angel watching something, watching Buffy like a creep, which isn't new. And he wants to help her out. He decides he wants to be somebody. Why does he want to help her out? And Whistler's that's creepy theory is she must be prettier than the last lady. She's fifteen. <laughs> I <laughs> fail to see the problem. <laughs> This is a like 200-year-old, 30-year-old. <laughs> He's a 15-year-old and like, this, this is the girl that's going to turn my life around. <laughs> that's so creepy. We've all been there. No, Jackie and Pacquiao, we've all been there. I know that she yeah. agrees the age gaps are creepy. No, she agrees with me. We've all... You have to pick a side here. I would only be with someone born on my exact birthday. <laughs> Otherwise, they're too young or too old. It really limits it. <laughs> but what, like, what if they're like minutes older or younger? Then it just really matters how cute they are. <laughs> There's some wiggle room. <laughs> if you think I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I went to school with a girl who shared my birthday, so... Did you date her? Happy guys. She was a lesbian, but I didn't date her. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity. Exactly. Not a lot of them are going to come around with your current criteria. So. Yeah, there's prob- there are people born on my birthday. Just like search the date. <laughs> Stock <laughs> people down. <laughs> but Whistler says she must be pretty in the last one, which she is, because that's what the master said previously. I wonder who the last layer was. <laughs> Poor girl. She gets constantly told she's ugly. <laughs> Maybe Toby Jones was the last layer. <laughs> I'm a girl. He's British. I was just thinking of that Toby Jones guy impersonator earlier. <laughs> tells Angel, you couldn't go three rounds with a fruit fly. <laughs> Which is the best line ever. What the hell? Who talks like that? <laughs> and Whistler is like, I want to learn like you, learn from you, but I don't want to dress like you. Which true, Whistler is crazy charismatic, but kind of a funny looking dude. No, seriously, who talks like that? Sounds like a Groucho Marx line. And go three or three rounds with a fruit line. In the present, Angelus grabs the Acathosaur, tries to take it out, but boom, unworthy of ruling Asgard, cannot lift Mjolnir. Someone isn't worthy. <laughs> Why is Spike so happy about this? He's so smug. He's like, he's like, yeah, I want the same thing you want, but it's kind of funny that you don't get to be worthy. Well, it's Schadenfreude. It's just <laughs> you want people. Jackie, back me up here. <laughs> That's my catchphrase. You gotta, if you hate somebody, and even if you have the same end game, you want to see them fail. You want to see yeah, annoying coworker go to shelf a book, trip. And fall. <laughs> Take out the shelf. That would be me. I would be the one doing that. <laughs> but if a coworker hated you, they would want to see you doing this. And they would get what they want. But yeah, yeah. If you hate someone, you want to see them fail. Like, what it doesn't matter. Like, they're on the same team. I don't get evil people. <laughs> no, this isn't evil. This is just people. No, this is. I don't think, like, in like the Scoobies. Are like pulling this backstabby. Really <laughs> doesn't want to see Buffy fail. Might. Yeah, but, but like Drusilla's been falling all over Angel, and like 
rubbing herself up on. So the it w- it feels nice to him probably that <laughs> that he can't do this. It's true. I, I agree. But yeah. Drew's a bit freaking out. Like, what are we going to do? Angel gets so mad, he smashes an antique vase because no respect for artifacts. In class, Buffy's writing her final. Somebody walks in, a vampire. What the f***? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> Tonight in the graveyard, you will come to him. Boom. Self-immolation just blows up. It's like... It's kind of like a suicide bombing, except the whole fact that no one else is getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a suicide. Thing. It was like a, a human. This message will self-destruct. <laughs> but that's a vamp death count for first time we see a vampire burned by sun on screen because the anointed one was not on screen. Is this really the first time? Yeah, it looked kind of dumb. <laughs> so well, it was the first time. She like, <laughs> like she started on fire and then teleported away, <laughs> like Star Trek style. <laughs> So Buffy goes to Jackie's library, tells the gang she has to go. We'll hold Angel off, but they gotta stay. But she says, like, you know, a vampire comes into your classroom and says, if you, until you stop him, more will die and then dies. I'd be like, like, more vampires? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'll hold off then. <laughs> Maybe that's what she meant, because she didn't want Angel to come, like, because Angel's busy doing his own sh- he doesn't want the Slayer distracting her. So maybe that's what the vampire was saying. Like, hey, if you leave Angel alone, we'll kill a bunch of vamps. <laughs> <laughs> and she read the message wrong. She's like, oh, shit, he's going to kill people. Let's go to him now. <laughs> As she leaves, Kendra gives Buffy her lucky steak, which, oh, it's so <laughs> weird. It's so wiggly. <laughs> she calls it Mr. Pointy. Which, what was this previously? This is the first and only time I actually cared about Kendra. <laughs> her first semblance of humanity. Because she named her wiggly ass snake. Snake. Snake snake. Wiggly ass snake. Mr. <laughs> pointy. So the snake clearly wasn't carved out of something. It's way too weird shaped to be like... It, it, either it was like really finely carved into a really bizarre shape or like... What was it? Like what was this previously? It's... <laughs> It's not a normal shape. It's like it looks like a gnarled piece of wood, but it works. But what was it? This is not just a tree branch she snapped off. This is not like a chair leg. It's just <laughs> how raw is that? It's just raw, clairvoyant. It's not raw. Raw wood? Yes. Angel goes to the graveyard. <laughs> or Buffy goes to the graveyard rather, runs into who else but Angel. So Angel did go to the graveyard. You were right. Yeah, I was. He, she calls it an immolation gram. And she's like, aren't you supposed to be pulling the sword out of Al Franken or something? <laughs> Earlier she called it alfalfa. Which, like, wow. And then, can we please fight? And I don't want to fight. I was thinking we could get back together. You know, what are our shots like? And then they do. Which, you know, yeah. <laughs> Jackie would take him back. Not that bad. He's tortured. He has a soul. He's a bad boy, and we all know that Jackie likes bad boys. <laughs> he had a soul. Bad boy, would you take Angelus back? One of my requirements for people is they had a soul. <laughs> <laughs> and he's had one twice, which is more than I have. 
twice as many souls as I've had in my lifetime. <laughs> Meanwhile, Willow's casting stones because IDK, that's a magic thing. You get that? IDK, you know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to you know, be hip with the youngsters, the millennials. I feel like one sick puppy is frantically Googling IDK. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to point out right now that I think Jackie is the first guest we've had that's younger than us. Which Yay. we're pretty, pretty fucking young. <laughs> so she's actually... No, bloody Brody's younger than us. True. So we've got a fetus on the podcast right now, you guys. A little zygote. I'm only seven. <laughs> <laughs> but well-versed in vampires. <laughs> boom. Buffy and Angel fight. I don't know why. There's a boom. Boom. Yeah, there's a boom there. Dramatic. <laughs> they work on the spell. Suddenly, vampires pop out of nowhere. One grabs Xander. Giles fights another. It's chaos in the library, which, typical day at Jackie's library. Vampires. But it's vaguely familiar. <laughs> Not the first time vampires have broken into the library. No. We know that Willow can do like a protection spell thing. Because that's the only spell she's done. So what? And so then, if Willow can do it, Giles can do it. So why haven't they taken preemptive measures to stop vampires from breaking into the goddamn library? Because one <laughs> stole one of Giles's books. There, there's season one finale when like they were being hoarded mm-hmm. by vampires and Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors, and then there was also in the pack vampires broke in, and then vampires broke in the season two premiere. Well, see, he, here's why Jackie lives in the library. Because once it's, somebody's, once it's somebody's home, vampires can't enter. <laughs> this is true. So there's also a, still a public building. It's just, you gotta make it your home. You're, you're, you're supposed to be the elder here. You should know this. I don't care. But... It's a vaguely familiar chaos. A vampire p- pushes a shelf on Willow. Which, yeah, like who wants to her. clean that? I mean, <laughs> doesn't kill her. <laughs> you don't know that. Does she get up? <laughs> and one of the vampires gets sticked, which does count like four or something. And Kendra fights the other vampire, and just, boom, just gets. Everybody's getting knocked out. Xander gets tackled. Kendra, you're a slayer. These people are nobodies. Step up your game. And uh, outside, Angel's like, you know, is your heart not in this? Like, you're not fighting very hard, bro. And Buffy's like, what do you mean, guy? I don't remember her response. <laughs> he says, you never learn, do you? This isn't about you. And she kind of Freaks out, runs back. He's like, and you fall for it every single time. And she does, which is why you put a f***ing protection spell in the library. So cocky, but I love it. <laughs> it's because, yeah, this is the same thing as in when she was bad, where she gets distracted away from her friends while they're the real target. Like, how easy is it? Just like, hey, Buffy, come do this. He's like, guys. Is something I gotta handle alone. <laughs> and she goes, and then they're the target. Like, holy sh! It's so easy to be above you. <laughs> At the library, vampires fight until Drusilla strolls in, smug as a bug, claps in a rug. Yeah, she claps enough, which works. Works surprisingly. Do they rehearse this? Yes. 
Which, you know, she's supposed I to be quiet in the library. Rehearsing with the vampires. Like, okay, when I clap, you stop. <laughs> no, you no, stop entirely. Stop everything you're doing. <laughs> From the top. But Kendra fights Drew a bit as Buffy races back in slow motion because she doesn't have her license. How far away is she? I don't know. She couldn't have gotten very far. But wasn't she at the library? Yeah, not too long ago. <laughs> but... Drusilla pushes Kendra against the wall. Look at me, dearie. Which, this is, this is a the same hypnosis trick the master used. So, hell yeah, I, I think I guess. I don't know. I'm not too excited. Big about bads it. hypnotizing slayers. Yeah, it's a Even trope. Penultimate episodes. It's basically <laughs> a, a trope at this point. But I have nothing else to add there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's just like snake charming uh, Kendra here, and they're like swaying snake. together. And I feel like Drusilla is so excited that someone's dancing with her. <laughs> I feel you. Like she's probably like in her mind, like dancing. Everybody's dancing. But uh, boom! Slice slashes Kendra's throat with her <laughs> long ass fingernail. Nails. Yeah. Hey, a fingernail isn't. There's no. Chance in hell, a fingernail is capable of slashing a human throat. B, that's evident because like that mark is like that like didn't cut the skin. Like that's <laughs> I think, but it killed her. Human death count. What the hell? Human death count a thousand. But I think if you think a fingernail can't slit a throat, you haven't been hanging around Jackie for very long. <laughs> I want to go to Drusilla's salon because what what is that? Sh- like, yeah, I would like the deadly weapon manicure. <laughs> but that means it's going to be a new Slayer call. So, good riddance. Good riddance is right, thank you. To the accent. <laughs> Not as shocking as it could be because bad makeup. I don't know, Jackie, what did, when you first saw this scene, what was your thoughts on this? Was it something that impressed you or shocked you? Um, I was probably like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Takes a sip of her coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I was shocked the first time. I, I was shocked, but also something in my back. I was like, "Oh, there's something in the back of my mind that's like that's dumb." <laughs> Even like yeah. little fetus me was like, "This is some dumb sh-. Because she just slit her throat with a fingernail. There were a lot of ways she could have killed her. She was hypnotized. She could have done anything. <laughs> she could have just kept. Shoving her fist in her throat until she, I don't know why that's my mind messed up. No, shut up. (laughs) But like, she like cut the skin of half of her throat. (laughs) It's like a little like she. Do you think she just had the red paint on her on her fingernail and just rubbed it on her? Or the makeup person actually thought that they were doing a good job. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But Buffy runs back in slow mo, but it's just too late. The vampires He's are dragging playing out. playing the Buffy Angel love theme, which is a strange... No, it's fitting. Play. Not really. But the vampires are dragging out the bodies. It's just... it's. Whistler continues his monologue as Buffy runs back in. She finds Kendra's body. I really do love his monologues in this episode. I think they're really cool. But I can't remember a goddamn word from them. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I write these down? No, I'll remember. And then sitting here like, I don't know what he said. Not a single word. Probably said, and... Yeah, or uh, the. You laughed. Good. I'm. You're still awake. I am. 
There's one cut monologue, actually, where he says there's three kinds of people that no one understands. Geniuses, madmen, and guys in mumble, which are all me, really. <laughs> don't, don't laugh. <laughs> what? They're all me. No. Do I have to turn for backup? <laughs> <laughs> but she finds <laughs> Kendra's body, and you know she didn't do a good job of slitting her throat because you could see Kendra's throat at least partially in the shot, and it's not slit. And also, there's no blood anywhere. <laughs> she's uh, she's not too sad, really, because it's Kendra. And then freeze! Somebody pulls a gun because why the f not? Oh, I remember Whistler's monologue at this point because it was relevant. He's talking about how there are big moments. Everyone has big moments in their life that they have to face. And it's not about avoiding the big moments. It's about, you know, and not about how you act during the big moments, but how you act after the big moments. Mm. And then he basically says, like, something along the lines of, like, this, or watch and see, and that's up for the next episode. And, yeah, someone holds a gun on Buffy. Episode end. And it was the vampire. So roll call, we got a bunch of unconscious Scoobies. We got a dead Slayer, a bunch of smiley-ass vamps who got their way. Um... And a gargoyle with a sword in it. So that's what we're, we're, we're I got a destroyed library that Jackie's gonna have to fucking clean up. What the hell, guys? Sorry, man. I have to come in <laughs> early tomorrow. But it's a death count. We got a human death count of like six, a vamp death count of like four, and that's, I'm saying light because there's so many. Jesus Christ. I don't know where we're at. <laughs> yeah, the episode's done. I, I thought personally it was a great episode. It was pretty shocking. It was pretty tense, but it suffers from the first part syndrome yeah, that so part, many episodes do. Yeah, part one, the part one curse. <laughs> so, but it is on the the greats of Buffy the Vampire Slayer DVD. So, it's got some merits. I don't know what it, what do you think, Jackie? Well, I'm the worst at <laughs> rating things. Um. I guess I would say 3.5 because I feel like I kind of just didn't care. 3.5 out of 5 sticks? That's, I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's a fair... <laughs> why, why that rating? You didn't care. That's a start. I felt like 4 was too high, but that might just be because of like the flashbacks. And I... <laughs> so you didn't like the flashbacks? Well, I, I can't with <laughs> Angel flashbacks. It's, it's one of my least favorite parts about his show, Angel, is that there's so many f***ing flashbacks <laughs> that I just don't want to exist. I mean, I obviously liked it. It was shocking when she died. I'm being very vague here, <laughs> but I think everyone knows. <laughs> Someone died? I obviously mean the vampire in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's your Jackie Dominique review. 3.5. 3.5. Clairvoyant, how about you? <laughs> the negative Nancy? Um, I did like this episode. I, it obviously suffers from the part one curse. Uh, I mean, it's a great setup episode, but that's all it'll ever be. <laughs> it didn't, I mean, it can't conclude. That's the problem. <laughs> But um, uh, I I liked the episode. I liked the flashbacks ish. I liked the last flashback with Whistler. 
And I liked the... Uh, I liked seeing the the whole like Drusilla thing, how it played out. I mean, even though we didn't see much of it, I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't like the weird accent work <laughs> all around. <laughs> and the, the, the Liam flashback with Darla I could do without. That was kind of cool seeing her again. Just running down everything you like and didn't like. <laughs> Jackie gave us a succinct, just nice little vague. What I liked and didn't like about the episode isn't that my job. No, we're just <laughs> this podcast is about the guests. Okay, you're here to fill in the gaps. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, Kendra's dead, and so that's a tearjerker. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's shocking. It definitely raises the stakes. Don't raises the, the Mr. Pointies. Mr. Pointies. That's not a phrase I'm ever using again. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good good part one. That's all. I mean, it's what's your stake rating? I'd say it's a yeah, three point five is good. So you're copying. <laughs> It's not a part two. There's no conclusion, so it doesn't get as high a rating as it could have. Yeah, I I thought it was a great episode, but it wasn't a great, great episode. You feel me? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> my backup ready. It was, it was a good episode. It had its moments. Didn't fail myself really getting into it, maybe because it jumped around so much with the flashbacks. So I originally wrote four to five stakes, and the reason I wrote that is because it's on the Greats of Buffy DVD, and I'm like, it has to be good. <laughs> but you guys have changed my tune. I've got to agree with you. 3.5 is my original thought. I'm going to have to give it 3.5 out of five stakes. It's setting up for greatness. And it's clearly a Joss episode, but it's mostly set up in a lot of wishy-washy plot points, like Giles is a secret archaeologist ghost and stuff like that. that ghost hunter. Tossed in there that didn't seem relevant. Cool concept with the flashbacks, but didn't didn't deliver all the way through. I've been watching a lot of Cutthroat Kitchen, so I feel like I'm giving this a food review. But <laughs> it had a good... A nice flavor, good texture, but it just wasn't cooked all the way through. So 3.5 out of 5 skillets for me. So, Jackie Dominique on Twitter, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a struggle. We really tried hard to get you on here, and it was kind of a pain in the ass for everybody, but I appreciate you sticking it out. I don't know, what do you want to plug? You want to plug libraries in general? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Libraries are amazing, you guys. Like, I can't say for everyone's, but people are always amazed at how much stuff we have. So go to your library. Sign up for a library card. I have an expired library card. Will that work? Get it renewed. <laughs> Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> it will work if you get it renewed. <laughs> so... Once again, follow Jackie on Twitter, at Jackie Dominique. A huge fan from the very beginning. <laughs> been a lot of fun. Really glad to have you. And join us for the second part, where we're going to close off this season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whedonverse podcast rating, 3.5 out of 5 stakes.
you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at at Whedoncast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, or review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. The Whedonverse Podcast is brought to you by the HHW LOD Network. You can find them at hhwlod.com, on Twitter at hhwlod underscore network, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhwlod. The Tangent Bound Network can be found at tangentboundnetwork.com, on Twitter at tangentboundpc, and on Facebook at tangentboundnetwork. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 22, Becoming Part 2. Written and directed by Joss Whedon. Original air date, May 19th, 1998. All right, welcome back to the Whedonverse podcast. I'm the clairvoyant. Uh, as usual, Mr. Universe is here. And have. we have another special guest, Annalise from Dark Angels Pretty Freaks. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're worse, we're sister shows, spiritually. Because, One well, big happy family. One big happy tangent bound family, yeah. Because we're all on the tangent bound network, and we uh, we reached out. I don't remember who reached out to who, to be honest. Uh, but Annalise had informed me that she's got a huge ass Buffy poster or something <laughs> of the like at her desk, and I'm like, "Well, you got to come on. You got to come on the show." <laughs> <laughs> now it's another true. thing Annalise has is a dog, and you will hear that multiple times throughout the podcast. Trust us. Yes. Sorry in advance. He's either going to completely sleep through the whole thing or bark through the whole thing. I'm not sure how it's going to go. We'll see. But it's some of that that DAPF charm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank and you. <laughs> so dark angels. That's it's fun because there is a dark angel in this episode. Angels dark. Pretty freaky. Woo. It's true. like new. <laughs> yes, it was all for you guys. <laughs> One year of podcasting to set up for this moment. <laughs> Finally, my plan has come together. <laughs> so, becoming part two, we just wrapped part one with Jackie Dominique. Now we're on part two, the closer of season two. That's intense. And this one's written and directed by Joss as well. Yes. He had two in a row. That feels like insanity in today's day and age when... <laughs> when he can't make time to write a single episode with all the movies he's doing. <laughs> right. Uh, and French and Brazilian Portuguese are pretty boring this round because we got a Catholic part two, which last one was a Catholic part one, and Metamorphosis second part, which Metamorphosis first part. But Germany, as usual, brings the sizzle because the episode in Germany is called Playing with Fire. What was the first one? I don't called? remember, but it was cool. <laughs> Um, I don't. I want to like totally derail anything, but um, I actually met Joss ever so briefly once a few years ago. You just derailed my whole life, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, like obviously, it's it wasn't like a huge moment, but we were both at. Yes, uh, it was. No, I mean, well, I remember it. I'm sure he has absolutely like forgot it like the second after. But um, we were both at San Diego Comic Con, and I was. Uh, sent out to get like some more badges or to you know get the rest of our badges for our booth and uh, he just so happened to be the person in line in front of me with with his assistant or whoever this person was maybe agent I'm not sure but um, he was just kind of standing there and um, his uh, person his assistant was talking to the 
um, customer service lady, I guess the person who gives you badges. And um, she was explaining to him that they couldn't give them a badge because he wasn't on the list. He wasn't on the VIP list. Okay. And the assistant was just having a total cow about it, obviously. I mean, it's just we didn't. Right. And he's like, and he and the assistant was saying basically exactly that. It's just we didn't. And like points and just like holds up his hand and kind of waves. And then he kind of turns to look at me and I'm because I'm standing next to him. And now I realize it's just weed. And I'm like, oh, hey, and he kind of and he kind of smiles at me and like shrugs his shoulders like, sorry. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's cool. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's you cool. take whatever time you need. <laughs> yeah. And, and I kind of turn my face away and have this moment like, oh, my God. And then I turn back I'm like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, and well, this... I uh, totally got <laughs> lemonade with Summer Glau's sister, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a cool moment, though, because of the fact that the assistant was freaking out. And Josh was like, it's, it's really not a problem. We'll just make a phone call. It'll, it'll, we'll work it out. It'll be fine. And he's like, no, you don't understand. He's on the, um, the agenda the you know, like the program. And he holds up the program and there's like a picture of Joss on the back cover because he's like <laughs> delivering like a thing that day. He's like a panel that day. And he's like, and he points at the picture and he points at Joss. He's like, Joss, Whedon, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and the lady's like, I'm sorry, I just don't have clearance to give him a badge. And and he's like, oh, my God. And Josh is like, dude, seriously, it's okay. We'll make a phone call. Let this nice lady go. We'll, we'll just step aside and make a phone call. It's no big deal. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> and that was basically it. And then they were both on their phones after that. But, I mean, it was he was super polite, super nice, and kind of gave me the I'm sorry shrug. And I'm like, oh, no. I think that it's okay to be upset. You're on – like, his picture was on the program. There was no, like – <laughs> And I mean, Comic Con's kind of known for like you. You get a Stan Lee autograph, you get a Joss Whedon autograph. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do this podcast anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was probably the most exciting anecdote of my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was like it was. It was just kind of a funny like little moment, and obviously, I will remember it forever. But I'm sure he didn't give it a second thought. So, (laughs) I mean, I I don't know if that guy still works for him now, but. You know, <laughs> maybe Joss is somewhere like, man, I wonder what Annalise is doing right now. Right. So he, exactly. I'm so, so in there. Right. <laughs> I feel like after this show is done, I'm going to be asking like every detail of the story. Like what does the system look like? They look right. like Wesley from Daredevil. Like, <laughs> I don't remember what he was wearing. I, like it wasn't because as soon as I realized who it was, I was just like, oh, oh. And then you like have those moments where you can try to be cool and you never really succeed. And you're just like, I'm just going to not say anything because otherwise I'll say something really stupid and you can never take that back. <laughs> so I just smiled and nodded and just was very polite and just stood there. <laughs> perfectly. I don't, I, I don't know. I probably could have gotten an autograph at that point or something, but I didn't. You know. a feeling. That could have helped. You could have been like, <laughs> Mr. Whedon, can I get your autograph? And they're like, here's a badge for you right now. Right. Here, have one of my badges. That's actually funny because I was about to offer that. And then when I got back and um, told my um, so, so-called so kind of boss at the time, um, I was like, I just saw Joss Whedon and I almost offered him a badge because they wouldn't let him in. He's like, and he's like, dude, did you give him a badge? Because you should have. I'm like, I'm like, I just, you know, I wasn't sure it was okay. And he had it handled. So he's like, next time you give Joss Whedon a badge. I'm like, right. Note to self. <laughs> Next so. time I see Joss Whedon, give him a badge right. for any yeah. reason with no Whatsoever. context. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, okay. Sorry, didn't mean to derail. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> let's do this. I guess. I guess. Okay. <laughs> 
you know, there's no meaning to my life anymore. No, but... stop it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw him in line waiting for a badge. <laughs> That's exciting. That's big. <laughs> so we start this episode exactly where we left off last episode with the police pointing their pistol at Miss Summers. Is I think it was it a revolver or was it a pistol? I don't I just said pistol, did I not? You I'm said assume, pistol, but Jesus. I'm assuming it's a pistol. <laughs> it's a police officer. Revolver doesn't seem very effective. Oh, I seem to remember it being a revolver, but I could be misremembering. Anyway, they're yelling at her, back away from the girl, put your hands up. And uh, obviously this looks bad. <laughs> but we don't actually see Kendra's body in this scene at all. I don't know if they didn't have Bianca there or they shot it, but she was just out of frame. But she's not in the scene. They don't need her. Not really. She's dead. <laughs> she was probably there, like, I mean, I don't know if they recorded these episodes together. I'm assuming. Or if they, if they didn't, then, you know, what's the point of calling her back to Blake Corpse? I was actually, um, one of the things I noticed about this scene, that, you know, cops hardly ever show up to anything they do, and the cops were on this. And I, like, right. you know, I, like, later, like, it, it's one of those things you don't notice, like, the maybe the first time you watch the episode, but if you go back and you watch everything together, you're like, hey, wait, why are the cops here? They're, like, never around. But I think a vamp must have, like, tipped them off. <laughs> right. I was, I was actually in my head, and, again, I'm sure this is probably some sort of weird, like, side note, but, like, I was wondering if Snyder called them or something, you know? It's possible. Probable. He's kind of a prick. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just want to note that one of the cops looks a lot like the assassin that posed as a cop uh, in the like episode where there's those assassins trying to kill Buffy, yes. which is the first time we meet Kendra. Maybe it's, it's just got a cop thing. But, <laughs> but yeah, Xander's up on the balcony out. We don't know what's going on. Buffy's getting arrested, and Snyder thinks Buffy's to blame. Yeah, he basically... They're like, you know, oh, do you know this girl is out? Don't worry, if there's trouble, it's her. It's her fault. Which is not the right time. <laughs> right. Not, not the time to air your distaste for a student when she's currently the only suspect for a murder. <laughs> to the... And he's talking to the cops. That's incriminating <laughs> he doesn't care about that no he well he wouldn't especially not with Buffy. he's like she belongs in jail <laughs> but she punches out the cop and flips him over her shoulder and just runs his cider just looks on incredulous incredulously um the other cop tries to shoot yeah, and but speaking of, like, <laughs> I, I, how would that have gone over, like, in modern times? Like, so you just shot at, like, a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. I'm like, uh, fair, whoa, 16... whoa, whoa. <laughs> that 16-year-old girl. She's a suspect. Just... Suspect in quotes. <laughs> She's a, a suspect who just, like, a suspect for murder who just, like, completely took out a cop. <laughs> but I like the stickers on the lockers. Because we've oh, got I didn't notice that. <laughs> sheep. One says sheep. One says porn star, and one and an et, just a regular Etnies, you know, skate sticker. But uh, a lot of people in the past, we didn't posit this theory, but there's sheep stickers a lot where Xander was around. I think we had mentioned it, but we didn't really go too much into it. Um, it must be a band or something, because he's not in this scene, and there's a sheep sticker right there. So not a metaphor it was accidental <laughs> but yeah no buffy runs uh snyder pretty much almost gets shot and I like how the window 
how the window shatters when the cop shoots it. Because it's not like... I mean, I've never shot a window <laughs> that I can recall. But it looks a lot like... I don't know. It feels like a window would shatter with a lot more impact than that. It looked well, like like someone threw something at it and it cracked and then it... <laughs> it has a better effect than like a bullet hole with some like cracks in it. So That's true. At least it actually shattered the glass. <laughs> right. That's just TV time right there, I think. Yeah. And so, of course, yeah, we have a Fugitive on the Run theme song. <laughs> and, uh... So Buffy's a fugitive of the law. How many that... times has that happened? Oh, I guess God. we don't know, because we can't I don't forward, think it's but... happened yet. Well, no, it hasn't she happened was. yet. This is the... Ted. She was arrested in Ted. Mm. She's been, uh... On the cop's radar, for sure. <laughs> I don't know if she's been arrested other than the time in Ted, but she was arrested then. Which is uh, kind of weird, because the cops know there's mystical stuff going on, and you'd think they'd kind of piece things together. Oh, wow, when this stuff is around, she's around. Well, that's also... That's brought up later, but we'll get to that. Uh, later, after the theme song, Thug Buffy shows up in the hospital. Yeah, she's looking <laughs> G. Right, and like it's just like kind of looking around, like, oh, yeah, don't look at me. I'm just loitering. Yeah, with kind Dressed of some, like a criminal. Some baggy clothes, you know, a toque, a toque if you're from Canada, a beanie if you're American, uh, big <laughs> baggy sweater. I mean, clothes that you'd never, you've probably never seen before, at least living in, uh, <laughs> living where you're from. <laughs> it gets cold sometimes. Come yeah. On. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but Xander shows up. He's alive, thank God. He gives Buffy a hug to hide her from the coppers. And Buffy makes a joke about how, you know, that was half copying a feel and half hiding me, wasn't it? And he doesn't even laugh. Yeah, it's, it's equal He's, parts. <laughs> he gives her a face that's just like, now's not the time. <laughs> Which, who knows Xander to not laugh? Yeah, it's weird. That's right, I expected him to laugh at that and then, and then go into the other stuff, but that's not what happened. He actually didn't. He wouldn't think that was funny. This is serious, <laughs> Xander. This is a it's going down. <laughs> right, so. Yeah. So, so what is it and willow is in a coma and in the most unflattering position well you you are you are you pretty when you're in a coma i have no idea <laughs> i assume so <laughs> he's pretty all the time <laughs> how so, dare you sir <laughs> i don't know i okay mr universe if i'm ever in a coma take pictures my my coma will as it as it may be is that, I mean, I don't care about the whole, you know, oh, unplug me or whatever. That stuff's not important. <laughs> What's important is that you arranged me into, a, like, my a position so, like, my best side is visible. <laughs> I don't have a double chin going on. My mouth's not hanging open. Like, I have to look pretty. If you could do me a Cordelia salad and make sure my <laughs> hair looks all right, that'd be sweet. <laughs> exactly. Beautiful Christoph Beck piece here called, well... Making- it's called Waking Willow, and that's not spoiling anything. F*** you. But Buffy blames herself <laughs> for all this because, I don't know, I think it's Slayer's job to blame yourself for everything. Well, because she fell for a stupid trap again. Yeah. So Again. <laughs> and Xander says Willow's family's in Phoenix. Uh, he called them, they're flying back, which is a convenient way of saying we didn't want to hire actors. Uh <laughs> And he didn't even think to call Oz, which is such just a real moment. Like, it doesn't, it's not necessary saying, like, oh, shit, I didn't even think. But it's 
you know, it makes it feel more real. And this is just sad. It's just, I was like, oh, this is really, Cordelia shows up, she's upset, legitimately not faking. And it was like, ooh, this is a bit emotional. I don't know, is that just me? No, I, I got that. It felt <laughs> I got like that too. It was, a, it was a very real moment for a show about fighting vampires. It very much felt realistic. And uh, yeah, they kind of, Cordelia talks, she admits she ran, which Buffy says was the right thing to do. But they all kind of come to the conclusion that they have no idea where Giles is. Yeah, so not fun. We cut to Giles being perfectly safe. Uh, <laughs> in his library, looking over his books. Uh, he's laying down in the mansion, and Jealous is peeping over him. And he kind of tells him a bit of his evil plan. Like, I might torture you unless you tell me what I want. Uh, alludes to chainsaw torture. And says that... It's you know, hardcore. A Cathla is even harder to wake up than you. <laughs> or a Cathla, as he pronounces it this episode. But I don't know if he did last episode. I think they did. I think they pronounced it a Cathla. I think I've been pronouncing it wrong. But... <laughs> I always forget the L out there at the end, so. Akatha? Yeah, that's how I say it in my head, Agatha. but then I look at the spelling and I'm like, oh, okay. So Agatha the Gargoyle. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he kidnapped Giles to tell him what he's doing wrong, and he says, I hope you don't tell me, because I really want to torture you. Sounds about right. Now Giles gets knocked out a lot. <laughs> I think he'd get some brain damage by now. But... We've noticed this, but Giles gets knocked out a lot, and he's knocked down... Knocked out for like a lot, quite a while. Usually, it's hours at least in most right. cases. And like, this is, I know this is like a, a TV slash movie myth, but yeah, Giles would have serious brain damage at this point. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, but if... Buffy's like ran. She changed clothes. <laughs> she went to the hospital. They've had this conversation. I mean, it's been hours for sure. <laughs> like, if you once you get knocked down, like or knocked out, like once but it's for a significant period of time you're at risk of brain damage but if you're getting repeatedly concussed <laughs> <laughs> it's true this is not this is not looking good for giles's future health nope <laughs> so at Bobby's house the detectives are interviewing her mom uh who's a bit lost doesn't know what's going on it's the same detective detective stein from mm-hmm. ted which is super cool. Not really. But, you know, it's if you're a geek, it's cool. Uh, I so, think it's kind of cool because this is the guy that previously interrogated Buffy for murder. <laughs> yeah, so he's kind of, he's not, he's already suspicious. Meanwhile, and Joyce doesn't know anything, obviously. Buffy goes to <laughs> Giles's place. And who's there but Whistler is there. Yeah, Buffy says, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? Because he's like, oh, I don't think Giles is here. <laughs> and she's like, whoa, whoa, who are you? What are you doing here? He's like, I, I need a date to the prom. <laughs> so she chokes him out. That was a good one. <laughs> and she's like, I've had a really bad day, so save the jokes or I'll start breaking ribs or whatever. He's still cryptic to her, the whole scene. Like, mm-hmm. he kind of infuriates her with just how cryptic he's yeah. being. So she leaves. She's done what's, with that nonsense. What's with, like, all, like... Well, clairvoyant like characters, like all like prophets, who are, are you, is that what you're calling yourself now? The prophet. <laughs> nice. But no, all like clairvoyant type characters, all characters who can see people's future or predict things, they're always so vague. Maybe they like, don't I really understand, know. I understand for the viewer because you don't want to actually spoil what's going to happen. But right, like, 
<laughs> and she says that, right? She says like, "Oh, great! So you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be any help or something like that." I don't remember the exact line, but yeah, she basically tells so him that you're not gonna be any help at all. As a clairvoyant, who tells it like it is, this frustrates me. <laughs> right. Um, but basically, she goes to leave, and he's like, "No, the sword isn't enough. You've got to know how to use it." But she's gone. Right. Uh, later, the cop stops Buffy. Stops Buffy with a P. She's about to kick his ass. And boom, Spike does. <laughs> boom! That was huge. I was like, whoa! Yeah, whoa. Like he's, he's walking, he's out in the open. That's Perfect a huge timing. moment. And I don't remember back in the day, but I bet that's when they cut to commercial. <laughs> but uh, she tries to fight him. And he's like, well, will you hold on a second? White flag, I surrender. And she's like, hey, we're sworn enemies. We don't get to take time out. And he's like, well, if you want to stop Angel, we've got to play a little differently. So... <laughs> I like how um, I think the first thing he says to her is uh, hello cutie or hey cutie or something yeah, like that and, like... she, and she punches him in the face <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's so wonderful seeing Spike like having to be a, a good guy yeah by not by well half choice but you know he's his hands forced he has to eat a little crow there yeah but uh he Bubby thinks it's a trick their stupidest trick yet and Spike's like no you know what it's just tough guy talk I mean, we don't all want to destroy the world. Truth is, I like the world. There's dog racing, Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah, I always wondered why, like, it's like Spike, Angel, Drew, like, their end game, it seems, well, Drew and Angel, both of their end games, they're like, we want to destroy the world. And Spike never really, he didn't air his complaints, but he's never all like, yeah, let's destroy the world, because why would you want to destroy the world? He just wants to I, party. Like, <laughs> if I was a bad guy... <laughs> Bad guy or not, I wouldn't want to destroy the world because I live in the world too. <laughs> you didn't think this through. <laughs> yeah, he's... I like that he's out, though, on about. But he basically says that he wants Drusilla back and that's why he'll join forces. Bobby says he's pathetic. They fight a little bit. <laughs> he just kind of punches her in the face. She punches him back. And he says, you know, I can't fight them both alone. Neither can you. We've got to team up. We've got to figure something out, essentially. Right. In the hospital later, Xander's telling... Oh, God. Xander is talking to Willow in her coma, and this breaks my heart. <laughs> Me too, yeah. yes. Oh, this scene, this he, hurts. He's just like, how am I going to pass Trig, you know? Like, who am I going to call every night and talk about all we did today? You know, you're my best <laughs> friend. I love you. And I, I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's playing Waking Willow all swelly in the and background. Just all these emotions, and then she stirs a bit, and I'm like, kill me. And she wakes up and says... Oz. Oz. And, uh, I wrote my notes here say <laughs> <laughs> and then Oz is there because no and he shows up he's like I'm here and he's, just boom he's there and I'm so upset and did I he, feel like his hair is the same color as last episode so maybe they did film him back to back she like when she says Oz like it's so like you know it's weak there's no way someone out of the room heard it even if he was, like, waiting in the hall, though I like to think he just ran right up. Right. <laughs> but, like, how... He did... heard it in his heart. Come on. <laughs> oh, it just... It, like, who do I ship here? Who, like, what do I want? I'm so conflicted. <laughs> and Xander goes to get a doctor, and Willow's like, is everyone else okay? My head feels big. Is it big? <laughs> we get to Giles once again being okay. I don't know, he just has a little rundown with Angel. It's not a very important, you know, it's just a lot of, you got to show that Jaws is still around. Right. Getting tortured. 
we cut back to a great scene. Buffy goes home with Spike and runs into her mom. <laughs> Who's worried, of course. And it's like, your mom doesn't know. It's like, no what? I'm in a band. I'm in a rock band with Spike. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I just like Joyce. It's like, who is this man? Who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so Buffy's like, I play. Or Spike says, Buffy plays the triangle. She's the like, drums. Drums. <laughs> yeah, she's hell on the old skins. <laughs> and fantastic. Spike sings. Yeah, what do you do? I sing. Just without hesitation. Like, didn't have time to think about it. They have such a good, good guy chemistry together. Luckily, James Marsters can sing, so if put on the spot. <laughs> well, you know, those two, uh, uh, the, the, those two play off each other so well. Like, they play together so well. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they have great, like, uh, oh, it's, it's such a great dynamic, too, like, them having to work together. <laughs> right. Like, you actually kind of enjoy it, even though, like, in theory, you probably aren't supposed to. But it feels it, like. It's totally like, like yeah. <laughs> it feels wrong, but at the same time, you're like, I love it. I feel yeah, like if it was right, any other right. villain, it probably wouldn't work nearly as well. <laughs> exactly. It just, he fits so perfectly into both roles. And they and, have the same kind of um, cadence and um, the way that they speak. Like, they're, he's like, hey, chill out. And she's like, oh, what? Come on. And he's like, oh, I want to date this girl. And she's like, oh, you're pathetic. You know, like, it's yeah. like they speak the same language, even though obviously they're hundreds of years apart. He'd yeah. never admit it. <laughs> but, uh, I love this. And they go inside to talk about it all, but boom, vampire attack before they make it in. Spike beats the living hell out of the vampire, or the, the dead hell, however you want to play it. Buffy stakes him. That's a vamp death count of one, but oops, Joyce saw. And they don't notice at first. Yeah, they just they keep talking. Like, oh, it's one of Angel's boys. Oh, he must have been watching me. And then they're like, <laughs> she's just kind of standing there, Buffy, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mom, I'm a vampire slayer, and I just totally... A whole two seasons of sitting on this secret, and you have to tell her sometime. You realistically can't go the whole show without telling Joyce, but just that this big moment where it just kind of she her, she was forced to. She saw too much. She couldn't lie. But just wow, Ooh. I love Joyce's reaction and just how much it says in just a facial. It's like I'm tired, I'm pissed, and I don't know what the f- you just said. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's the mom face for sure. Yeah, <laughs> the mom face is a good way of putting it. <laughs> but in the hospital, Willow's on the phone with Buffy, like, doing better. Like, don't worry about me. It's okay you can't be here. My brain didn't get mushed at all. Uh, and she's uh, being sweet Willow, you know, just woke up from a coma. I'm sorry I couldn't bring Angel back, which is not what you should be worrying about right now. <laughs> and Buffy says, don't worry. I know I'll never get him back. It makes it easier. And <laughs> meanwhile, Spike and Joyce are awkwardly sitting in the living room not talking, just kind of like... I like oh. how Joyce just has some bourbon. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to need a drink. <laughs> I just love it. Such a great, great moments in this episode. Like, just the Spike and Joyce awkward, like, it's only probably three seconds, four seconds tops of them just sitting there. But it's such a great cutaway. <laughs> <laughs> and... I, I just like how she's like, ah, uh, and he's like, yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then they're like, oh, okay, cool, okay, okay. <laughs> they just don't know what to talk about. They're completely, not only do they look, like, the visual is so, you know, different, like, between the two of them. Right. It's like, yeah, just... you standard mom and, like, your Bad punk mom. 70s. <laughs> but also it, just... it, is, it is a really great moment. I'm happy you pointed that out because it is a really great moment. And, uh. Buffy talks to Xander, says, I, I know they're at the mansion on Crawford Street. Giles is there. He's probably alive. 
we're gonna go save him. And then we come back to Joyce. Spike's the awkward. Have we met? You hit me with an axe one time. You'll get the hell away from my daughter. She's like, oh, huh? <laughs> so do you live here in town? <laughs> it's just kind of an awkward, like. Uh, yeah. I love how she doesn't have any questions about that. He's like, oh, so do you live here in town? Like, I would be like, wait, so are you a, are you a good guy? <laughs> like, like. If I hit you with an axe for trying to kill my daughter, why are you in my house? <laughs> but she's like, oh. So That's do you not important right now, right? <laughs> she starts making small talk. <laughs> but Buffy comes in. They talk about, like, how, you know, we got to go through this plan. Spike says, hey, I'm only going through if we save Drew. Buffy's like, no, she killed my friend. And Spike gets excited. Like, Drew killed a slayer. Good for her. <laughs> well, not from your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just kind of trying to explain it all to Joyce. Like, and Joyce is like, oh, you didn't kill her? Of course they didn't kill her. <laughs> like, so she's a slayer like you, and they're just kind of trying to walk Does through Does she it. turn into dust? No. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the background, as Buffy and Spike argue about saving Drusilla or not, it's, are you sure you're a vampire slayer? <laughs> have you tried, have you tried not no? being a slayer? <laughs> Is it because you don't have a strong father figure? In Which your is life? the typical gay denial. You know, if some kid comes out, I'm gay. This is like the stereotype of what the parent would say in that situation. But obviously, flipped on its head because she's a slayer. <laughs> I love just she thinks that Buffy is a vampire slayer because she hasn't had a strong <laughs> father figure in her life. Right, it's a choice. And <laughs> she's making and she's making bad choices. Trying to read all these psychology books, just like, <laughs> why is my daughter a slayer? <laughs> but, yeah, Bobby's like, no, this is destiny. I can't do anything about this. And uh, Joyce decides they should call the police. Yeah, but cops can't fight demons. I have to do it. And she's like, but what, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, just have another drink, Mom. And, ooh, that oh, sets her off. She smashes oh. her glass. Do not talk to me that way. Uh... Because she's probably a bit inebriated. Well, she says, don't talk to me. Like, you can't just drop something like this on me and pretend it's nothing. Which is like, yeah, I get that. Because Buffy didn't really have time to sit down and say, hey, I kill vampires. I've been doing it for years. You know, like, this was kind of just like, I'm a vampire slayer. Let's go. And so, I, I get a lot of people, I can imagine, don't like Joyce. And this is probably one of the scenes. But I absolutely get why Joyce is acting like she's acting. It's in a completely appropriate mom response at exactly. that point. It's, I mean, like, the cops were just there. I mean, there's that guy who... The guy in is in the house who had tried to attack her before. I mean, these are totally, like, reasonable responses. Yeah, and, I would keep it. And I wrote, uh, like, in my notes, I wrote down that um, one of the things, side things that I noticed about this scene and then um, on into the rest of the um, episode as well is that this is the first time in my eyes that Buffy really looked like an adult. Not only physically, but, like... She just had that like look about her, like this, you know, this is this is real. This is this real moment, and she had like on a normal like adult outfit, even like it wasn't yeah. like this mini skirt and tank top with no bra. It was like the shit's going down. I'm wearing this outfit. This you know usable. And I think this also, one of the first times Joyce saw her as an adult too, because right. like she's used to seeing Buffy as just this little troublemaking girl who oh i just don't know what to do with her but mm -hmm. this episode very much is like mom back off i have to do this <laughs> yeah and i right. understand where she's coming from too but it's like stop just like... i really like this scene uh, i really like buffy has a, a a mini monologue that is just absolutely it's amazing it's 
in in my I wouldn't I don't know if it's iconic. I don't know if it I would say resonates as much as I would with the general public as it does with me. But it's a it's a big speech and it's uh it's very memorable. Yeah, Joy says I'm your mom, so you're gonna make time to explain yourself. And Buffy's great line: "Open your eyes. What do you think has been going on these past two years? You know the fights, washing blood on my clothes." And Joyce is like, well, it stops now. She's like, it never stops. You think I chose to be like this? You know how lonely it is? How dangerous? I would love to be upstairs watching TV or gossiping about boys or God even studying. But I have to save the world again. And that's just, that line always stuck with me through the entire series. Well, it really sums up Buffy. You know, she doesn't want this. She's accepting it. But, you know, trying to explain to someone else that, you know, look what I have to go through. And... Joy says that you can't leave, and she's like, you can't stop me. Well, she's the frustrating response of, no, you're insane, you need, like, medical help. And she's like, no, I'm not crazy, <laughs> just chill, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, you can't leave, you can't stop me, pushes her, and if you walk out that door, don't think about coming back. So she walks the f*** out, because she's raw. <laughs> <laughs> she pushes her and walks out. Which, That's true, know, yeah. yeah. So Annalise would do the same. Absolutely. This was her rebellious teenage... <laughs> This is her trying to go to a party. (laughs) Well, you know. I have to do this, Mom. You don't understand. This means the end of the world. But amazing scene. Wow. Like, really well acted on both parts. I agree. Yeah. In the hospital, Will's like, I'm going to finish the curse. And they're like, no, look at you. And Cordelia chimes in with, but your hair's so flat. Look at your lips. And Xander's like, can we stay on topic? (laughs) But Back to being Cordelia. Willow... Willow's got her resolve face on. <laughs> right. Look at my resolve face. Which is adorable. <laughs> it's kind of like a, just a pout. Like, look at this. Do you see how stern I look right now? <laughs> Which is not very stern because she's Allison Hannigan. Defo my resolve face. Willow tells Xander, you know, go find Buffy. Tell her to stall. We're going to try and store, restore Angel. Meanwhile, Angel tells Giles, you know, I can stop the pain. If you just tell me what I want, and Angel <laughs> Giles pulls the Angel in close, and he's like, "You have to perform the ritual in a tutu." <laughs> <laughs> Which Angel's like, "Get the chainsaw." <laughs> love it. Like I love that Giles, under pressure, even won't crack. Like he won't. He would rather die than tell Angel how to open this. Which you know is his job, but at the same time, very noble. That's so me. That's like I would joke too. It's not like, I was going to say, under pressure, that's what I do. But it's not like I would be joking because I can't handle the pressure. I'll just be joking regardless. <laughs> I That's how I, it's not how I deal with situations. I just do it, even if it's inopportune. <laughs> no, I do too. I do too. Like, there's like this uh, really serious moment and I'm like, ha ha, what? No? Yeah, okay. Drop <clears throat> something yeah. heavy and impactful right. on you. And I'm making jokes, not to cope. I'm just making jokes. It's it's what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, Spike's back in the background pretending to be wheelchaired again. And he calls Drew out here. He's like, hey, Drew, you want to play a game? And she probably does. She's just her. <laughs> Meanwhile, Buffy goes to the library, p- crosses the police tape, and who else confronts her but Snyder? Because, of course. Right. He's, he's a bro. And... You know, she's like, they mentioned the police, and he called and says, you know, if you haven't noticed, the police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid. <laughs> and we've noticed <laughs> how he kind of like Buffy's like, you know, I didn't do. He's like, I don't care. Basically, he's just being a dick. And Buffy pulls out Kendra's sword that she had brought in, 
the flimsy ass sword. And she's like, you never ever got a single date in high school, did you? <laughs> He's like, your point being? And she walks past him and like points the tip in his face menacingly as she does. Then he kind of like leans back like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he has a oh. flinch moment. <laughs> I'm saying your point being like all but confirms. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but we know that Snyder kind of knows more than he's let on. Buffy knows, but he just doesn't care, which is not good to have that guy not on your side. Um, and then he calls and says, "Hey, it's Snyder. Tell the mayor I have good news." That's. I think that that's a moment because what that's the hell? Mm hmm. <laughs> Anyway, we'll <laughs> move on from that right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, Drusilla's pampering Giles, you know, cleaning up his wounds and what whatnot, and does her hypnosis trick. Uh, covers his eyes, says, "You know, let me in your heart, or see with your heart." And boom, it's Jenny, Jenny in Drusilla's place, and it hurt actually. And I didn't care for Jenny, but it was very cool to get Robia Lamore back. Jenny's dead, so I'm my white knight armor is put away. So this isn't Jenny. <laughs> but he Giles's face breaks my heart. It's so like, like oh my god, it's Jenny. Like he, it broke my heart. He acts so well. He looks so happy. Oh, bark. And, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. God, it just, it hurt. And she says, you know, we can be together through this. And finally, we can do what we never got to do. She strokes his extremely hairy chest. Oh, God. Which is probably why he wears sweaters, vests, and such. And, you know, just tell me what I have to do. And he says, you got to get Angel away from Akatha. Angel's blood is the key. You just, And they kiss. And boom, it's Drew again. Which, Wouldn't it be kind of, I mean, like, what if Drusilla couldn't suppress the crazy long enough? And so some of Drew started bleeding through in his, like, brain Jenny. Like, <laughs> Jenny's like, all the flowers are singing. Like, <laughs> and like, oh, sorry, back to the point of hand. <laughs> but uh, they're kissing, and then boom, it's Drew, spiking it. I love to, because it's such, like, a tense moment, like, just focusing on close-ups of the two of them, you know, it's almost like nothing else is in the room. And then when it's Drusilla, you see Angel and Spike are watching, just kind of like, oh. Makes you realize that, wow, this was, there's actually other people here. Like, I completely forgot because I was so in the moment. Yeah, I didn't realize those two were watching until it cut to them. I was like, oh, those guys are still there? I mean, hello, <laughs> privacy. So Drew's making it with Giles for way too long. She kind of has a guilty look on her face, like, Drew, honey. <laughs> and she's like, I got carried away. <laughs> Ten more minutes. The moment. <laughs> <laughs> Who can blame her? <laughs> so Buffy right. goes back to find Whistler, and he tells her, after stealing some liquor, that <laughs> basically the same thing, that Angel's the key, his blood will open it and close it. It needs to be him. It's kind of weird that you get, you know, the basically the same you know, exposition twice, but it's also absolutely necessary because otherwise people would be calling out, how the hell does Buffy know that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Buffy outside prepares. She goes for a walk with Xander. She's on her way. She's going to do this. She pulls out the sword and God damn, Xander says, 
to Buffy. Mm-hmm. Willow told me to tell you. She's like, what? Kick his ass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I know, I'm a, I can't remember, but is that the first time Xander just straight lies to her? And lies yes. to her face. Probably. I mean, I find that huge. Like, I'm not sure if that comes back. I'm sure. But that is like a huge moment. You're like, no like, way. No, Xander, she said stall. I'm so mad. Xander <laughs> has lied once previously, which was called out later. And that's that he didn't remember the events of the pack. <laughs> mm, right, right. But like, this is big, a little more severe than that. <laughs> that's bad. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually can side with Team Xander in some way, shape, or form. This isn't one of those. No. That's not cool. He did a bad thing. It was just, well, this was just purely selfishness out of his own distaste for Angel. Exactly. And just yeah, wrong. It's the wrong thing to do. Angel, meanwhile, is doing the ritual. And meanwhile, Willow's also doing a ritual. She's working on the spell with Oz and Cordy's help. Yeah, Angel cuts his own hand, which hurts me to watch. It's, uh, and, <laughs> it's a little, you know, quick little cringe. <laughs> yeah, and then boom, Buffy pops up nowhere, decapitates a vamp, possibly our first decapitation in the series, which is a vamp death count of two. And it's like, do you think you can take us all on, just you? And then she's like, oh, I don't have to. And boom, Spike stands up and just beats the sh out of Angel from behind him. And he just keeps going. <laughs> it's like an right. yeah, iron like... poker. <laughs> yeah, is that what he has? I was, I can't remember what he had in his hand. I wasn't sure like a, it was an iron pipe or something like that. But yeah, I mean, Angel's totally like, you can't do this by yourself. She's like, I know. Like, yep. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> yeah, it's glorious. It feels like justice. After all that taunting for like half a season. Yeah. But Buffy is fighting another vamp. Drusilla tackles Spike away. <laughs> Great pacing. And Xander rushes in as Buffy grabs a stake. He goes and unties Giles. <laughs> you know, <how> real. <laughs> it's a That's trick. <laughs> right. He's so, like, weak. It's kind of sad seeing Giles this way. He's yeah, like, he's like, it's a trick. She's getting inside my head. She's making me see what I want. And then Xander's like, then why would she make you see me? And he's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> right, I mean, at this point, it's been, like, what, like, tw- I'm going to guess, like, 24 hours or something? Because, yeah. and so, he, so he's been tortured for that long. So, I mean, you know, he's kind of out of it. And, doesn't and like, concussed to begin with. Concussed and mojoed on. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy's still fighting the vamp. Drusilla and Spike are fighting. Boom. Buffy wins her vampire. Stake count three. But Angel grabs the sword. This is where he grabs the sword. Not previously. And uh-oh. Because it starts to glow and shit. That's not good. Yeah. And he pulls it free. He's King Arthur. He's worthy. Meanwhile, Willow's finishing up her spell. But she's getting weak. She's, it looks like she might not make it to the end. Which, speed it along, Willow. <laughs> we need you. She's fine. <laughs> She'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Bobby picks up her sword. Right, and she picked up her sword, meaning she lost it a few minutes earlier when she was fighting one of the vamps. I noticed I that when, like, the, um, she, yeah, the, guy, she, she... the guy hits her and the sword flies away. And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> she's going to need that. <laughs> but so. she does get it back, thank God. Dave and Sarah actually practiced sword fighting for this scene. Yeah, they, well, I mean, there's a lot of 
shots where you can definitely see their faces. So, but clearly a lot of them also is stunt doubles because That's David's true. stunt double has a really <laughs> bad receding clearly. hairline. <laughs> He's almost balding. It's receding a lot. So, but it, it's still if you don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, gotta let that go a little bit. Willow is still weak in the hospital, and then just boom, she looks up. There's a beat, and then just starts reciting like crazy, going faster. She's losing it, speaking Latin. It's scary. It's like she lost control. It was creepy. Yeah, then they're like they. I mean, I I felt like they could sense the power in the room because everybody in the room was like, "Oh, yeah, Willow, Willow." <laughs> yeah, Bobby and Angel I are still. Don't actually sweet. think it was Latin. I think it was ancient. Uh, Romanian, possibly. Well, I guess probably. You're it right. was before it would have been Roman. It was it was Romanian, in fact, because right. that's how they used to say it. <laughs> right, and they, and she just starts speaking it without having to read it. So I think it was the the tell that freaked them all out. Yeah, so, and I, I heard that this is actually like, I mean, her pronunciation isn't good, but it translates. Like it, it's she's actually speaking like old ass Romanian. <laughs> Right. A lot of so work. I wonder what she's saying. <laughs> uh, but Buffy and Angel are still sword fighting while Spike chokes Drew unconscious. I actually wrote that down. Spike chokes her out. And I'm like, how can he choke her out if she doesn't breathe? Exactly. We'll, that's we'll exactly move on from that. We'll move back to the whole breath thing with the CPR. But anyway. Oh, it's just, it's not. <laughs> it's so inconsistent. Vampires have breath when it's convenient for the plot. Well, and also, one thing that I noticed last episode, but I failed to mention, the vampire that self-immolated in the classroom, that was indirect sunlight. But vampires drive around in cars, and Angel rolled down the window in that same episode, and he was fine. So where, like, is it because it was a fresher vampire? Like, it's just so... <laughs> yeah, it's so inconsistent. That's one of the cool things about um, Spike's car, is, isn't it like the window's blacked out and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's painted with black paint. <laughs> yeah, I Which, mean, how does well, he know where you know, he's going? He, he's full rock star. There's no re- he's punk rock. There's no reason to get like all fancy about it. Come on. <laughs> Spike chokes Drew. He sees Angel fighting Buffy, and he's winning. And he's going to kill her. Eh. And he just shrugs and leaves. So perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Such a perfect like last time to see this character. Well, he looks yeah, it's, like it's, it's a Spike thing to do. <laughs> he looks worried in the day. <laughs> and Angel's like, you have no weapons, no friends, and no hope. What's left? And he goes to stab Buffy in the face, but she catches it. She zends out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, me. And boom. Hits him with the hilt of his own sword and in the face. Yep. Meanwhile, Spike crashes away with his car, drives away because he probably can't see where he's going, pulls Drew kind of close, even though she's unconscious, which is kind of pathetic, but you know, not unlike Spike. Yeah, it's that whole I've got you moment. I've got you. Yeah, not let not letting go. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy and Angel are Buffy's really into it now. They're fighting like crazy. Yeah, I feel like she's kicked it up a whole nother notch there. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of crazy, Willow's lost her shit too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, and boom, she finishes the spell. The orb glows right as Buffy goes to stab Angel. Akum, which means now. He kind of just kind of like gasps. His eyes glow, and I got goosebumps. Like. Yeah. I was like, no. Oh, yeah, immediately you're like, thanks, Xander. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, Buffy? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, he, like, on? takes a deep breath even though they don't breathe, and there's, like, tears in his eyes, and there's this whole, like, even very impactful cry. moment. Yeah. They can't cry, they can't breathe, but both those things happen in this incredible <laughs> moment. <laughs> you're taking away from it, Annalise. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying, I was with it, and I was like, oh. 
you know, with it a hundred. I, I, it's again, it's only one of those things that I picked apart after I watched it like three times. So, <laughs> so Angel's back, and Buffy's heartbroken. She looks like she's gonna start crying, and what breaks my heart? He's like, "You're hurt." Like, oh my god, stop caring right now. You did <laughs> yeah. that for one. Like, yeah, oh. and he's like, oh, I feel like I haven't seen you in months. Like, they hug, and everything's so muddled, and he just keeps kissing her shoulder and like the side of her head, her hair. Like, oh, puppy, puppy, I missed you. And and what song starts playing? But their love theme. Close your eyes. And so you know, like you're a like, kind of this sense of relief for a second, like Angel's back, but then it's like, short lived. When you see the. Because vortex. behind him, Akatha's mouth opens into a vortex, which, no, no. <laughs> like, and he's like, hey, what's happening? She's, Don't worry about it. Just look at me. And, oh, my God. Then there's the famous part so where... She, uh, she kisses him. I'm tearing up majorly. Yeah, they she, are says, she says to close your eyes. She yeah. says, I love you. I love you. I, it, I think it's a beautiful shot, too, when they're kissing, because they're kissing, and then you see the portal growing behind them, and it's just great cinematography. Yeah. And then, yeah, I love you, I love you, close your eyes, which is echoing what was said when he was sired, actually, what Darla had said to him when she sired him. Oh, right, right. And it's also the reason this song is called Close Your Eyes. Yeah, and she <laughs> close your eyes, and he does. She kisses him one last time, and then just stabs and him. Music swells, she stabs right him. Right as the crescendo stabs him, and he looks, like, confused, like and a hurt. kicked puppy and hurt, and... He kind of reaches out his one hand, obviously the hand that's farther from the camera because blocking. You don't want to block the sword. But, good call. Good call. Mm-hmm. But he, it looks kind of awkward because it's just the one hand. But anyway. Well, he's holding the, the wound with the other. And he kind of like reaches out like for stability. Like he doesn't know what to do, what's happening. And he gets sucked back into the portal. He does say her name one more time, though. Buffy. Yeah. He says, he says he reaches for it and says Buffy and then gets sucked in. Which like, is almost, like, a, accusing, it feels like. Like, Buffy, why did you do this? Like Exactly. It That's feels exactly. just wounded. Like, she just kicked a dog. And, yeah. like, it, oh, it's... And I wrote no about eight times. And then I put, she had to, but no. Like, he's... <laughs> God, which, bam, death count for... I Xander. I I was supposed to be writing notes, so I couldn't allow myself to cry. But I would have been. Uh, <laughs> I did I'm, the first time I watched this. It was the first I time was I cried. Say, I think TV I show. cried the first time that I watched it, I and not. and this this you know obviously like the third time. I'm like, um, couldn't they have just if he opens with blood and closes with blood? Why did he have to die? Or it says you could have done it at the same time, but I mean, couldn't he have just she did panicked. the same thing again <laughs> she and like. Panicked. Yeah. Buffy panics and she kills things. Yeah, well, something's got to die. It's true. It's but it, no, I It's only something I thought of later. Like the first time I saw this episode, I was like, "Oh, I never even thought of it. Like there was another way." Yeah. And then of course, they're like, "How can we, we you know, we did we finished the the sad love theme, which now you'll tear up every time you hear." Right. How, <laughs> what, what else can we do? Oh, Sarah McLachlan. Oh god. <laughs> so I can never watch an animal commercial, ever. <laughs> so Buffy's sobbing as she leaves to Sarah McLaughlin. And there's a montage, meanwhile, Joyce checking Buffy's room to see like if she came home. And she took a bunch of stuff with her. Their, her room's a mess, and there's a note on the bed. We don't get to see it or re- hear what it says, but Joyce starts to sob reading it. And I just... 
Right, so it's, that, it's that whole weird thing where it's like the the scene ends with her like tears in her eyes as she's looking at the statue, and then it cuts away, and it cuts to her standing on the sidewalk watching the other, you know, like um, Xander and Willow like talking to each other, wondering where Buffy is, and yeah. and then the Sarah McLaughlin song. At least it's not the <laughs> same song they play in that commercial that I can never ever watch. Every it's Sarah actually, McLaughlin it's actually song a different song. They're it's all also sad. a different song from. Toy Story. From Toy Story. Toy Story and, 2. It's a different uh, song from... Uh, uh, <laughs> God, just... I just listen. I can't even listen to her now. I just start crying. Like, it, it every song. But, but right. Yeah, at school, we're listening to Wheelchair, but everyone's safe. But none of them have heard from Buffy. And you know, they went back to the mansion. It's empty. Akatha's dormant. They theorize what might have happened. You know, did the spell work? Xander almost kind of gives himself away, saying maybe, maybe she had to kill him anyway. Um, but... You know, they speculate on what happened, and they're like, either way, no matter what, Buffy needs some time right now. Right. And maybe we'll see her later. She's watching, but she can't go back after that. So she turns and gets on a bus and leaves. Leaves and Sunnydale. I, kinda, I wonder why she's wearing those huge, like, two sizes, too big, baggy, like, overalls. But, yeah, that's because... the point, I suppose. What? <laughs> you gotta stay warm. No, <laughs> they're in they're in California, LA, so I don't know. <laughs> but but I think it's just her overall like she doesn't care anymore kind of thing. Yeah, so she's supposed to feel comfortable. She's sad. Right. I like sure. how the she final shot ice cream. is just the <laughs> sure. like the sign now leaving Sunnydale, but also the almost like fourth wall message to the viewers: come back soon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Season finale. Yeah. Boom. And, yeah. Episode end. Season end. The, the emotions in this episode. I mean, this is the first one that ever made me cry watching Buffy. I was not, I I didn't know how invested I was until this episode. Um, I didn't cry. I'm a man. Okay. <laughs> I cried but, at other episodes, but I didn't <laughs> cry at this one. I actually had to look up um, the Sarah McLaughlin song because I knew it was different than the other songs that have made me cry. And I was like, <laughs> which one's this? And this one's, I think, titled, I Can Love You Better, Much Better Than This. And I'm like, of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. <laughs> even at the end of this episode, we haven't called him out much. But there's a, at the end of every sub- episode, there's a girl, arg, a little, little vampire that crawls yes. across the screen, yes. voiced by Jaws. <laughs> yes. In this episode, he says, ooh, I need a hug. Like, he doesn't say girl, arg for, like, the first time. Right. Which I think is, the only time. Uh, there's no, a few I'm, variants. There? there's a few variants I'm going to look on. it up. Not many. This is one of like the maybe three or four. I'm happy you pointed that out because I don't really remember them being any different. So I'm either stopped watching before I got to that point or was too busy crying in my tissues. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I think my opinion on this episode is a perfect. Last episode was a bit weak because it suffered from first part syndrome, but it was a perfect setup to make this episode pull out all the stops and just be fantastic. Set it, set it up so perfectly just to knock it down. So. Yeah, I thought this episode did hit every mark it was supposed to. And I gave it five out of five stakes for me. So let's go around the table. I gave my my, my answer away. Annalise, you're our esteemed <laughs> guest. What would you say? What do you have to say about this episode? <laughs> um, I hesitated between four and five, but I think you I'm can going give to... You can give a half. I, I, can I? You That'd can. be great. I'm going to give it four and a half stakes. And again, only because there's like a couple little things like the breathing and the and the bleeding and things like that, you know, so nitpicky stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and again, only because I'm nitpicky and um, I hesitate giving anything a full. <laughs> but exactly. <laughs> as close to a full feel. as I can go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like last 
one of the other times, you know, I don't get vibes. I get vibes more often than anybody else, but not very often. And last time I, you know, last season finale, you I gave it Halloween a five. A five. Yeah, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I regret yeah. that. You admit it. I admit it. <laughs> but last season finale, I gave it a five, even though there were was the same breathing problem and some weirdness, like the master having a skeleton. Right. But this one, I feel if I had to give, if I had to put these the two episodes side by side, I'd say this one is probably better than than that episode it deserves a better a bigger you know on my wall i'll draw a bigger five clairvoyant what do you got to say for yourself so this is number three on joss whedon's list of his favorite episodes of buffy the vampire slayer i didn't after know that innocence and prophecy girl and it's only number three because they're in chronological order <laughs> and um so you know joss whedon loved it as I've said I was hesitant to starting Buffy when I did start Buffy years and years ago. Uh, and I think after this episode, there's no... I mean, you can't watch everything leading up to this point and watch this episode. And if you say, this show's not for me, then you just don't appreciate good television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, this episode is, is poignant. It's, uh, it's you know, just it's well-written and... As, you know, last episode suffered from part one syndrome. This suffers from part two syndrome in that it kicks ass. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's it used everything that it was set up for. And, yeah, like you said, pulled out all the stops and accomplished everything it was supposed to. This is also the first time, I mean, we had, I mean, Jenny died. But this is the first time a actual main character, as in a, you know, title star, died this is the first time a name will be struck from the opening credits so that's a big moment and uh i think that this is probably the first episode that i wouldn't even hesitate to give a five yeah and one thing though another little nitpick while we're on the well we passed the topic of nitpicks but i'll things like whistler I mean, why was he... He was introduced last episode just to be in this episode, just to drop exposition, because Giles was not there to do so. Like, it was... He was crammed in, but I like that he was not necessary. He was crammed in, he was... But it fit, and it worked, and it didn't feel forced. Like, I think that it was just really good writing that pulled that off, pulled off all these little bits, like Giles being an expert on random when, you know... (laughs) It's just... it, It felt... Out of characters place, but like they did it so well that it, you don't even notice that it's out of place. Characters like Kendra, Whistler, and then, you know, to a lesser extent, Akathla, and uh, even the Judge, I just think of as, like, two-parter characters. <laughs> they were in that big two-part episode, and that's it. <laughs> like, I, I really, really enjoyed the Whistler character, actually. I mean, it's one of those ones that I was like, oh, I like that guy. I wish I'd bring him back absolutely. You know, more, more I often. I do wish they'd bring him back. Yeah. But spoilers and, to everyone out there, they don't. And no one really knows why, including the actor of Whistler. He said he was positive that he was going to show up again. I was they po- kind like, of told at him that, that point, he might. like, not knowing what happens, I was positive too. I was like, awesome. We're going to get this, like, narrative. We're going to get backstory. We're going to get this guy he has funny one liners. <laughs> plus, he knows stuff. This is good, but never again. So He said that they, like, when he filmed it, they kind of mentioned bringing him on again, but he never was contacted again. So maybe they forgot about the character. Maybe they <laughs> lost his contact info in the Rolodex. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they want to have the expense. But um, I also had another question, and I assume that you guys covered this in your previous episode um, that I haven't heard yet. But um, so I kind of feel like 
can, even though they didn't happen, it happened right on the cusp of the opening of this um, episode. I feel like Kendra died too easy. Yeah. Like, yes. I, it was like, oh my way, God. way too easy. It was like a 30 second death. And I was sitting there going, nope. No, she's getting back up. No, no. Punches huh. a couple guys, and then Drusilla walks in and says, "That's enough." While she's fighting off like three guys, Drusilla just kind of mojo's her and then cuts her. And I'm like, "There's no, nope." I don't think I that was. Admired... I think she deserved a going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, I admired Drusilla's dramatic entrance, but then it, it lost it when she slit her throat with a fingernail. Yeah, not enough I... to cause a pool of blood. Not enough to barely, barely even enough to draw blood, but apparently enough to kill a superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> like realistically, it looks like she could have healed that before she would have hit the ground. Like, <laughs> right. It but... already starts closing up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so end of season two, we're closing it off with a bang. We got five from the host. We got a four point five from our per- perfectionist guest. <laughs> but, but thank you very much for showing up and being on this episode for us, Annalise. Why don't Thank you, you so much for asking me? I love it. Why don't you tell us about Dark Angels, Pretty Freaks, where we can find you, what you're about, and just plug, plug away. I will, I'm gonna plug it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so um, I'm half of Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. It's a podcast, a weekly podcast I do with uh, my husband and co-host uh, Neil. And you can find us at um, darkangelsandprettyfreaks.com. And we're also on everything like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, all of that. And our Twitter handle is DAPFpod. And my Twitter handle is WiretechGirl. And if you want to check us out, that'd be super cool. And you definitely should. They're a Tangent Bound <laughs> Network sister show. They film their episodes. They have like an app. They have like everything. They're, they pull out every stop. <laughs> we do. We do. They really try, and they just passed their one-year anniversary over there. We did. So right, thank you. <laughs> so definitely, uh, going strong into really fun show to listen to. So check it out, uh, and we'll include links on the website as well. So, so there you go. But once again, thank you for showing up. We'll have to get you on again once we kick off season three. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Weedenverse podcast rating. Five out of five stakes. Join us next episode where we'll discuss a recap of the second season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and discuss some of the board games, RPGs, and video games that take place in the Whedonverse. wait until next week in the meantime check out dead as hell horror podcast at dead as hell hp.com all programs productions characters music and stories discussed in this non-profit podcast belong to joss whedon and or their respective networks all music clips and discussion used is either original royalty free or released under creative commons designation cc by ncsa For more information, visit creativecommons.org. Thanks for listening.